Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, DDP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're with on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame, 2011, and you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold Central. <laughs> following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. One, two, is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the three-time, three-time, three-time wrestling radio show of the year, Wrestling News Live. With the bad boys of wrestling radio, the Trey Dog, got his own microphone, Tony, Larry, Mike, and JJ, all caps, sex A. Stay thirsty, my friends. And the winner of the People's Choice Award is Wrestling News Live. Here are your hosts, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexay. All right, guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am. Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sex A. And I got to be real honest, man. We've got a huge show in store for you all tonight. The top of the hour, we're going to be joined by none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin, the former six-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion and, of course, now branching out into the world of movies. His latest movie is Recoil. We're going to be talking about that a little later on in the program. We're going to be joined in a few moments by the Bronx father, Tony Mirabella, to run down the latest happenings from tonight's Big Raw, in which we saw The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, The Rock, and John Cena all be a part of. And the Funkasaurus came back, ladies and gentlemen. Brodus Clay is still alive. Yes, we saw him tonight. But, uh, again, lots of things to get to tonight. We're going to be talking about the latest news of the week with, uh, of course, our sponsors, wrestling-online.com. And we've got a 30-minute interview to lay on you guys tonight with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So with that being said, 
I'm going to go ahead and introduce my tag team partner, ladies and gentlemen. He is the Trey Dog. Guess who's back? So tonight, get ready for the show, I decided that since we didn't have a guest, I'd have one shot of whiskey, I'd have another shot of whiskey, I'd have a beer, I'd have another beer, I'd have a burrito, I'd have a Sonic Double Decker cheeseburger, I'd bounce over to Taco Bell and have a burrito, Supreme, I'd have some nachos with jalapenos, some cheese, another beer, a bottle of Jack Daniels whiskey. And I washed it all down with a Mountain Dew to get ready for tonight's Wrestling News Live. How are you, partner? You know, man, I'm good. I, I just, as the show's going to air, I'm getting messaged by someone that we always see in the chat room wanting to know why WrestlingNewsLive.tk is down. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. For two years now, we have been promoting the fact that Wrestling News Live is a part of the SNS Radio Network. Now, earlier this year, we really branched out and closed down the WNL site and merged it with the SNS Radio Network. So for any of you who are having any confusion, for two years now, we've been right here on the SNS Radio Network. It's our home, ladies and gentlemen. The idea is to get everybody going to one place. I, I'm telling you, man, I just don't understand these motherfucking people. No. You know, I love every one of you, but goddamn, sometimes you guys just get on my last nerve. I'm sometimes starting the like, show and I'm getting messaged. Like playing cards with your brother-in-law's kids. Oh my god! Other than that, I'm fine. You know, had a, had a pretty good night. Uh, I haven't had the greatest day. Uh, I've been having uh, my my night is turning into your day. By the way. Oh goody! I don't know what happened to me today. I, you know, talked to Bronx this afternoon. Was in a great mood. Felt great. Loving life. Everything is great. Loving life, living right, loving Jesus. And then I ate me a cheeseburger and an ice cream cone and watched Raw. And I, about from the time CM Punk came out tonight, my stomach turned upside fucking down. And it wasn't because of CM Punk. I hear that. So if you hear the, the sound of my headphones crashing and flames as I run to the bathroom, it's so I don't shard them. <laughs> well, you know, if that happens, I'll have to play some Just Johnny being Cash. honest with you, just putting it out there. I don't want anybody to go, what was that noise? The ring of fire, and it burns, burns, burns. The ring of fire. Metallopunk says, Trey, did you fuck up your diet? I have actually changed my diet. I am eating better, but I'm not eating completely healthy because, one... It's too goddamn expensive. It costs more to eat healthy than it does to eat bad. Amen to that. I mean, I just can't do it. 
But then again, after about two months of eating nothing but healthy and doing very little exercise, I'll let you know that, I, uh, I've i lost about 20 pounds, 50 to 20 pounds tops. Um, I'm still a little heavier than I want to be, but I'm getting ready to start a new workout soon. So as soon as my brother gets off his ass and can join me, you know, um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm not... I'm not eating late. And I'm not eating and then going to sleep. There's just ways you can get around it and still eat some of the things you like as long as you don't overdo it. Like, don't go back for that, you know, second cheeseburger or, you know. No, Ashley, I don't think I'll be doing any of the shake late. <laughs> I could totally picture Trey doing the shake weight. That's scary can you thought. Doing, can you see me being a spokesman for the shake weight, doing an endorsement for the shake weight? Why not? What? Hey, if it gets us paid, why not? Hey, you know what? I mean, that's that's true. I mean, we're we're moving up in the world. We're starting to get sponsorship now again. So, hey, I mean, I I'd buy that for a dollar. I tell you what, man. If they're willing to sponsor the show, I'll I'll, I'll do a promo with the shake weight. <laughs> if JJ's getting paid, I'll do just about anything you want me to do. I mean, let, let's just be honest here. Um, Aggie's telling me I should be the uh, new spokesman for the Thighmaster. You know, growing up, I had the biggest crush on Suzanne Summers. Did you really? And Suzanne Summers used to get me through those through those long, lonely nights, if you know what I mean. Ooh, Thighmaster. Wow. Thank you, Thy Master. <laughs> Some of my favorite moments involve Suzanne Summers. You uh, really did like to say thank you, Thy Master. You took that to a whole new, new uh, level. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. You know, it's funny you mention that because there was uh, not that you know it's you know something that I want to promote, but I mean, if you got to do it, you got to do it. But there was a woman that used to do a workout early in the morning on one of our local channels here. And I can think. I used to think, God damn, she's hot. And look at her doing all these poses. Thank you, Thighmaster. No doubt. But you know what? We should probably get down to business. I know that waiting in the wings, on the phone line. Nobody wants to sponsor what we just talked about. What no, the no. fuck is wrong with us? Nobody wants to sponsor that. But uh, waiting in the wings right now, ladies and gentlemen, he's ready to come out of the ball pit and uh, you know, basically uh, pinch it. He's ready to take one for the team, ladies and gentlemen. The Bronx father, Tony Mirabella, and it is time to run down what happened on tonight's Raw. What's the deal with David Otunga? What's the deal with Santino Morello being the captain of anything? With Chris Jericho wanting to see a bunch to embrace the drink. All right, it's time to go ahead and talk about our weekly Seinfeld episode called Raw. Uh, let's introduce the Bronx father, Tony Mirabella. What's going on, dude? What's going on, brothers? Uh, not a lot, man. What what happened tonight on Raw? 
Well, it starts off with uh, Cena coming out and doing a rap on The Rock. And at first, I would I was like owned. I mean, Cena did a really good job. He compares Rock to LeBron, that he took his talents to uh, South Beach, and then does the infamous throwing of the package of nuts, which I thought was cool. Old school Cena. I liked it. For the first time, I marked out for John Cena in a long time. Well, you know, as far as John Cena was concerned tonight, it was nice to kind of hear that old familiar music, the thugonomics, you know. I'm so sick of the My Time Is Now music. It was nice to kind of get like a throwback to, you know, 2005, 2004 when John Cena was walking around in the jerseys and, you know, doing the rap gimmick. And I mean, you know, for once it was a nice change of pace to see him doing that. You know, he got two minutes for the rap. And I got to be real honest, I wasn't a big fan of the rap. I kind of felt like it fell flat. Well, a little bit, but it was okay. But, you know, moving on, Vicky introduces Dolph Ziggler. We have Dolph Ziggler versus Sheamus, and you know what? A clinic. A clinic, man. It was an excellent back-and-forth match. Many false finishes. It felt like a pay-per-view match to me, guys. It really did. Uh, During the match, Daniel Bryan is shown backstage, And he talks about his treatment of AJ and basically, you know, it leads us to believe that there's going to be some tension between um, Brian and AJ. But in any event, Sheamus wins with the brogue kick. And uh, again, I got to say, excellent match tonight. Match of the night, in my opinion. Well, you know, when you've got Sheamus and you've got a guy like Dolph Ziggler, I mean, you should expect nothing but the best. These are two of the young studs in the WWE right now, and I expect him to deliver each and every time, and I wasn't disappointed tonight. No. Just a shame of a matter of timing for this match, because this is the kind of match that you have six months from now when storylines are different, Ziggles gets a chance to go over here. But because you have to keep Sheamus strong and, you know, like an engine going downhill on a one-way track towards WrestleMania, he's got to get the win there. And that's why they did what they did. Um, But, man, there were bumps in this match that I thought, guys, come on, it's not pay-per-view. What are you doing? Well, if anybody has the nerve to say, the audacity to say that Ziggler isn't willing to bump, you need to watch this match because he bumped like a motherfucker for Ziggles, shit. Ziggles is old school, and, and, and J.J. has said that about him in other ways before, but I'm saying it from the standpoint of uh, he gets ready in the go position, in the gorilla position, and, and I'll guarantee you he tells himself, I'm going out there and having the match of the night. Agreed. As soon as my music hits, I'm hitting that. I'm hitting that curtain, and I'm having the match of the night. And he does it every time he's on the card, no matter what card it is, even when it's just television. He has the best match of the night. True that. Moving right along, we have Johnny Ace come out for uh, commentary on the next match, introducing Santino, who comes out and he's announced as the captain of Theodore Long's te- uh, team at WrestleMania, and we learn that. Um, there's going to be a Laurinaitis team, obviously, a Teddy Long team. And whichever team wins, their respective GM gets control of both shows. And, you know, we've known this for a while. Originally, this match was supposed to be, a, I believe, a mixed tag. But 
um, Ace announces it's going to be a handicap match. And uh, David Otunga comes out and he's revealed as John Laurinaitis' captain for his team. And we have David Otunga and Mark Henry versus Santino Morella. And if you couldn't see how this one was going to go, you know, obviously Santino gets squashed. Long comes out. He gets in a fight with Johnny Laurinaitis. He pushes Laurinaitis over the announce table. And, of course, you know, being the kiss-ass he is, <clears throat> Michael Cole, you know, sells it. We need medical attention out here. Santino loses to the world's strongest slam. Kofi Kingston comes out to try to save Santino. He gets his ass kicked. R-Truth then comes out to help. And David Otunga takes out R-Truth. So at the end of the night, right now, as it stands, John Laurinaitis' team, what we suspect is going to be his team, is looking strong. Very true. And on, and on paper, they look a whole lot stronger than Teddy Long's team. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that might change in the very near future. We'll get to that later. The Divas are interviewed backstage. They talk about WrestleMania, you know, which I find ironic considering as far as we know, there's no Divas match on WrestleMania other than a dark match. But in any event, they give their opinions on WrestleMania. Not much to talk about here. We go back and we see Ryder talking to Eve. Uh, Zack Ryder asks, are you playing me? You know, Eve says we're friends with benefits, which, mind you, means you've got about a 0.5% more chance of getting that pussy than you do if you're just friends. friends I, don't know. Well, I, I don't know about you, but anytime I've been friends with benefits, I had no problem getting the ass. Well, well, which, which is interesting, considering this is... And I quote a PG product. Well, I don't know what kind of I don't know what kind of benefits you know you you've been getting like a better parking spot or you know, like double <laughs> coupon day. But when a my girl says friends with benefits, it means we're gonna be friends and we're gonna do some fucking do. We have some tension backstage between Beth Phoenix and Eve. Beth basically says blah blah blah. I like the way you know you've been playing him, and Eve gets upset when Beth basically says I could play that too. So. A little tension between the gals. Uh, the Miz asks John Laurinaitis, why don't you make me a member of your team? And then James Rhoda, I believe, of Psych is shown. Miz says he deserves to be at WrestleMania because he's going to be the co-host on Psych this week. And, oh, God, I just don't even want to get into how bad this guy sucks. But we have uh, a Miz versus CM Punk match scheduled. And um, if Miz wins, he gets a part on Johnny Ace's team. Uh, then we have the return of the Funkasaurus. Broda Clay, Brodus Clay comes out versus Jinder Mahal. Squash match, of course. Brodus wins. I mean, you said the guy was dangerous in the ring before. I don't know. You just did the same shit with him tonight. I don't, I don't get what's different. Why well, we needed a four or five week hiatus? Well, you know, here's the thing. I mean, uh, before we before I cover this 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 uh, whole Funkasaurus gimmick, um, the whole Miz CM Punk match was a good match. I guess the writing is kind of on the wall with the backstage segment with the Miz. I put this up on the SNS Facebook page, which if you haven't you know actually gone and, and signed up for, you should do that because I'm telling you, you get all kinds of information on the SNS Facebook page. Hell yeah! Now I posted tonight that I see a direction that they're going with The Miz. He is not going to be a part of John Laurinaitis' team. I'm willing to bet you 
that we are seeing step one of a face turn for The Miz. I think and I believe that going forward he is going to, uh, you know, with this losing streak he's been on, I think he's going to be a part of Long's team going into WrestleMania because he's tried to get on Johnny Ace's team and it looks like that's not happening. And I think that he might be the dark horse for Teddy Long's team and uh, could be the guy that's going to make the difference for Long's team. So I'm going to go with The Miz joining that team and a possible face turn happening very soon. Now, really? back to back to the Brodus Clay thing. You're right. It was a two-minute squash match. Gender did get the upper hand at first. And the only thing that changed was, I guess, Brodus's finisher. Um, I was trying to figure out, was he the ultimate warrior tonight, or was he the Funkasaurus? Because <laughs> I kind of felt the vibe of the ultimate warrior going on there with the splash win at the end. We argued about this in the chat room real quick. Was it the outfit, or do you think he actually did drop a little weight? Um, I, he looked the same to me. I mean, the outfit was different, but I didn't notice a difference in Brodus. I thought, I thought he might have lost a few pounds, but nothing, you know, nothing to, to be too excited about. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I can neither confirm nor deny that Miz is turning face. That's just my speculation, or maybe hearsay, whichever you choose. But that's, that's where I'm going with it. You heard it here first. Well, if he does turn face, I'm going to have a cross with me when I do this recap from now on because you're like, I'm wow. Nostradamus when it comes to wrestling. Well, moving right along, gentlemen, because I know we have a lot to get to tonight, a hell of a lot. Um, Shawn Michaels comes out, and basically he calls the match at WrestleMania. This is an end-of-an-era match now, which I love. We see the, the clip of Triple H saying how he's going to beat Taker and he's tired of hearing about how Sean lost. Sean says no one in the locker room has called him a loser or a failure and he calls out Taker. Taker comes out and he says, you know, you still have it in your head basically that you're a failure and you couldn't beat me, but those are those my words or are they Triple H's? And he t basically threatens Sean, says, you know, if you don't call it down the middle if you don't do the right thing, if this doesn't go down the right way, I'm going to get you. You know, you have to call this thing right down the middle. I will end you, he says. And then um, basically, uh, HBK leaves and he's smiling. And then Triple H comes out and real simple, does the DX crotch chop to the taker. And that's it. So again, more done to further the storyline at WrestleMania. I still think that they're, well, now that they're trying to set it up to look like it's going to be DX versus The Undertaker, I I still think at the end of the day, Sean's going to try to help Triple H, and it's going to either backfire or it's not going to, I think, I think Sean's going to try to help Triple H, and at the end of the day, it's just not going to work. Undertaker's going to still come on, come out on top. Well, you know, it's interesting because Michael Cole was talking about the article that's up at WWE.com. I haven't read this article, but he was basically inferring that every time Shawn Michaels is a guest referee, that interesting things seem to happen. Triple H benefited from Shawn Michaels being the guest referee on the first ever SmackDown um, when he faced The Rock and helped Triple H retain the WWE Championship. Now, let's also go back to a few years before that when Shawn Michaels was the special guest referee at the SummerSlam back in 1997, uh, the same one, of course, in which Stone Cold suffered that major stinger that almost ended his career, and also the night that Bret Hart won the, WWE, the WWF Championship at the time 
from The Undertaker, courtesy of a chair shot to the head delivered by Shawn Michaels to The Undertaker. So they're really playing up the history of Shawn Michaels in um, these special referee-type roles. The Triple H has benefited The Undertaker not so much, and I like that they're doing this. It, you know, uh, there's, I, also, there's also a match. I don't know who Triple H was uh, actually facing, but it went back and forth, and Shawn ended up with giving uh, Triple H sweet chin music. And I can't remember who it was, but I saw it on the DX. You know, that's in my memory. It's killing me now. I can't remember. I remember that. Because I thought, oh, shit, that wasn't what I expected. I remember thinking that. This was the only part of Raw that, to me, was bad tonight. This James Rhoda, and I don't want psych. I don't know who the fuck. James Rhoda comes out to crickets. He fucking sucks. And he introduces Miz against Punk. Just... Oh, he killed me. Anyway, at the end of the day, Miz jobs yet again. He taps out to the Anaconda Vice. And then the holy shit moment of the night. Jericho had teased earlier on Twitter that he had something on CM Punk. And he comes out and he brings it tonight. Jericho says that Punk is straight edge because his father was a raging alcoholic. He says deep down Punk craves alcohol, and that's why he has all those tattoos, just so he can get rid of that urge. Jericho says he'll beat CM Punk at WrestleMania and make him an alcoholic, make him drink. And at first I was like, really? But then I was like, holy shit, they just lit a fire under everyone's ass again over this CM Punk Jericho thing, because you really can see that Jericho hit a nerve. And by the way, gentlemen, a little news story. CM Drunk, I have the, the screenshot, was trending on Twitter shortly afterwards. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I care for this shit, to be honest with you. I think it's a little too personal. But if CM Punk's okay with it, who am I to criticize? Well, you know, here's the thing, though. When you look at uh, the art of Jericho's promos, I mean, even going back to his feud a couple years ago with Shawn Michaels... Um, you know, if they're giving Jericho and Punk the, the ball to run with and giving them creative control over what they can um, do promo-wise, what they can do in the ring, these guys are going to knock – I mean, they're going to knock it out of the park. And, and I really like, think like – did, Like they did back in the day with Brett and Sean when Brett and Sean didn't get along and they couldn't even come together and talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I really think the chemistry between Punk and Jericho, it's going to make for a great match at WrestleMania. I know that you said you weren't really into this, but I'm really digging the build that they've got going in. It's getting better, but I'm just like I said, man, this is not Punk's dad being an alcoholic and CM Punk, I'm going to make you drink. That uh, What are you going to do? Pin him and then force a uh, you know, airplane bottle down his throat? I, you know, well, I mean, I you know, know, we've seen that in the past with, with the WWE. We've seen it with Jerry Lawler and, uh, and Jake Roberts. You know, when Mark Henry first came into the company back in 96, they had an angle where um, Jake was being picked on by Lawler because he was a drunk and you know, I thought you were going to say they were going to make Mark Henry eat a bunch of cookies or something. Well, <laughs> well no, they, they actually made him father a hand once. So, you know, I, I, know I, think, I think they've done enough to Mark Henry, don't you? Yeah, I think they've picked on him enough. Enough, yes. Well, I mean, alcoholism isn't something that I find humorous. I know it's destroyed a lot of people's lives. A lot of people have had trouble with it. But, like Trey says, if Punk is okay with it. Yeah, I mean, just like the Jeff Hardy CM Punk storyline when Hardy was leaving and... Right. They brought up Jeff's drug abuse and all that shit. You know, I thought, well, 
you know, I, to me, I don't like this, but hey, if they're okay with it and they're okay bringing it on the air, then who the fuck am I to judge? Well, okay. I'll say something real quick. What did CM Punk look like tonight for a moment that he's never looked like since he's made this transformation into the shoot promo guy? He looked vulnerable. Well, he looked, he, like, he looked like he was about to break down and cry, and I think his acting tonight was superb. Oh, yeah. He can sell, no doubt. But moving right along, Randy Orton versus Jack Swagger. Nope, 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 nope. We, his name is no longer Jack Swagger. I will never refer to Jack Swagger as Jack Swagger. From now on, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Swagger will be known on this program as Biff Swagger. Oh, my God. Because he looks like Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. The only thing that was missing, folks, was a big thing of manure and and gray sports almanac hanging out of his singlet. JJ, is he the only one who can open his car? Uh, Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Back to the Future. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I totally want to see some comedic promos between Swagger and Dolph Ziggler and Vicky Guerrero. I said this in the chat room earlier. You know, you could have, uh, you could have him and Dolph get into an argument, and, and Biff Swagger is going to say, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? And then Swagger slap him upside the head and say, or excuse me, Ziggler slap him upside the head and say, it's leave, you idiot. And then Vicky, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> That's just comedic That's gold right there, folks. when you say that. Excuse me. Oh, I love so, that future. Oh, I don't know. Just a, He just needs a big truck of manure to fall in, I guess. Goddamn, I'm watching Jay Leno and, and, and Jessica Simpson as the guest. She looks like the fucking woman that ate Jessica Simpson. <laughs> Damn. I, dude, I'm not kidding you. I, I've seen pregnant women. I know that pregnancy does some fucking crazy shit to a woman. Oh. And God love them. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I have never seen a woman so hot get so big in my life. And she's wearing well, leopard print, which doesn't really help, but. Right. But anyway, anyway back her off. from now on, he's Biff Swagger. Moving on. Anyway, Randy Orton goes over. And then Kane's pyro hits and nothing. Orton's left in the ring, just kind of looking, you know, and nothing. We go to commercial. Moving right along, The Rock comes out for his segment. And this, oh, man, this was great. Rock says it's been the largest sellout crowd in Cleveland. They broke a record. He calls John Cena Marky Mark. He makes fun of Cena's chain and hat. He says Cena... Looks like what would happen if Vanilla Ice fucked the Teletubby and then shows a graphic of that. He does a parody of Jailhouse Rock. He says Cena has a menstrual clock. Cena went to the doctor. The doc said, Cena, I'm a fan, but please stop begging me for the rectal exam. Rock sings. He saw Cena making out with Eve. And what would his wife think of that? He says baby Cena has lady parts. When he was born, he asked, are there any grown men, grown men, real men in the crowd who are John Cena fans? And when a few grown men mark out, basically Rock says, you're virgins of 42. Then in the Coupe de Gras, Rock sings about basically screwing Cena's mom, that his mom can barely rock, can barely walk. 
And then we end with a rendition of We Will Rock You by Queen, one of my favorite songs, where John Cena basically, excuse me, The Rock basically fucks John Cena on the mic. Very eloquently put there, Bronx. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, that's, that's the best analogy you got. Uh, all right. Yeah, so you know, eloquent there, my friend. My only problem with this segment was, I didn't really have a problem with it, but <laughs> I mocked out like crazy. Mm. How could John Cena not come out? How, you know, that would have made it so much more real if John Cena would have just came out in a fucking rage. I mean, you're talking about screwing the guy's mom. Where I come from, that's at the minimum an ass kicking, if not a bullet wound. No and doubt about that. No doubt about that. You know, and, and here's the thing. The Rock got the upper hand tonight, absolutely. People are bitching that John Cena only got two minutes and The Rock got, you know, a whole, what, 10, 15 minutes to close out the show. Uh, again, they've booked it to where The Rock has looked weak the last couple of weeks so that John Cena had the advantage tonight. The Rock had the advantage. You can't have one guy have the advantage every week or else what's the point in having a feud? Agree. So, I mean, I like where this is going. WrestleMania is only, what, three, three weeks away? Yeah, three, just about. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you, things are heating up. I'm liking it. So yeah, what would you too. give the show overall grade tonight, Bronx? I'm going to do something I'll probably never do again. <clears throat> I analyze Raw. I look for problems. I find none. I give Raw an A. Excellent show. Mark wow. the fuck out for every minute of it. Excellent show. Great wrestling. You know, obviously between Sheamus and Ziggs. You know, they did everything that they needed to do to advance storylines. I can't find a flaw. A, period. Well, there you have it. Trey? I'm going to go ahead and say a B-plus due to Ziggs and, and Sheamus. Not quite an A. Um, I like the whole rock the thing, but I would have done it completely different. And I guess with... You know, the fact that I would do it completely different. Um, I wouldn't have put them at the bookends of the show because if you didn't tune in and see all of Cena's, then you didn't get a chance for a fair fight. I think I would have put them closer together, if not on at the same time. Uh, I would have done something completely different with that segment. It's good to, uh, you know, see Brodus Clay still smashing people and running over them like a Mack truck. And I thought Undertaker and Shawn Michaels was good, but probably could have been a little better, to be honest. So with that, I'm going to go just to B plus. See, I'm kind of thinking the same wavelength. I mean, to me, it was a high B. I really enjoyed the, the, the rock concert. Cena's rap, to me, just wasn't all that. You know, to me, really, the highlight of the night had to have been that great match between Sheamus and Dolph Ziggler. I really enjoyed the promo from Chris Jericho. This is really the first time I thought in a while that we've seen Chris Jericho kind of execute what we know he can do promo-wise and really kind of sell this feud. And I think that uh, both he and Punk delivered that perfectly tonight, and they needed to. With three weeks left to WrestleMania, we needed this. And uh, they delivered, and uh, so, yeah, I'm giving them a B tonight. So now it's time before we go to break, JJ, to have the uh, Bronx father uh, cash in and do a little truffle shuffle. He hasn't watched the Goonies yet, so he can't do that. What? All right, look. First of all, I haven't been able to First find- of all, first of all, don't give me a look, first of all. Second, you were given a homework assignment with seven days in between. Now, with that being said, 
since you helped me out tremendously on my other laptop, I'm going to give you a pass. I'm going to give you a seven-day pass. And after that, normally I would dish out the punishment, but because I want to make sure the punishment fits the crime and is evil and drastic, if you don't, then JJ is going to, he's going to delve out your punishment. Ooh, you don't want that. Oh, God, no. It, it's a movie about juvenile treasure hunters. I don't give a shit. Yeah, but it, it's a good movie about juvenile treasure hunters, and it's got some good criminals, you know? And uh, you gotta, you got to watch Sloth, man. If you don't know who Sloth is, you got problems. Sloth is a cultural icon, okay? And I want an on-the-air travel shovel. Seven days, Bronx. That's your sentence. How do I do an on-the-air truffle shuffle? Well, I guess now, we'll consider just... this. Like, have you seen the movie The Ring? The Ring? Yeah, have you seen the that? I got through five minutes of and turned off. All right, well, here's my impersonation of you and the truffle shuffle in seven days. You ready? Uh-huh. You have seven days. All right. That was pretty Seven accurate. days. Okay, that sent a dribble of piss down my leg. Okay. Seven days. Seven days, and, and that's, that's All right. it. All right, here's the deal. I will watch it. I will watch it. I promise. I can guarantee I'm not going to like it. Without even watching it, I can guarantee oh. I'm not going to like it, but now I'll watch it. How can you say that? How can you say that? How can you not like that movie? If you don't like that movie, then there's something wrong with you. You're going in with low expectations. All right, I'll, be, I'll tell you what. I'll make you guys a deal. I'll be real honest, and I'm going to put this out on the air. If I watch that movie, and JJ and Trey, you guys know I will be honest with you because you're my boys. If I watch it and like it, I'll do a Crelly. I'll sing I'm Wrestling News Live. Any song you want. If I okay. don't like it, you have to take me for my word if I tell you I don't like it. And I wouldn't lie to you guys. All okay. right. I, I, All right. I think that's fair, but do uh, expect... When you come on the air and tell us you don't like it to be questioned. Okay. Because I just, I don't understand. One of the questions would be, what, what kind of fucking movies do you like? Well, that's well, another discussion for another time. Absolutely. I want to hear the Stone Cold interview. So does everybody else. That's right. So with that being said, we are about to go ahead and hit our first commercial break of the night. I want to thank Bronxy for coming on the show and doing a good job on the Raw recap. All right. You guys are killing me, but thank you. Yeah, it's our job. Trouble uh, shovel, bitch. <laughs> I mentioned this on Unplugged this past week. Uh, I have obtained some very exclusive audio footage from the oh, yeah. much-anticipated, shopped-around Hulk Hogan porn, okay, that's making the we rounds. We had to pay a high, a high dollar and a pretty penny to be able to be the only wrestling radio show, to my knowledge, and there are a million of them out there, and most of them are on Monday nights, seems like. Um, I can remember when nobody wanted to be on the air on Monday nights because it was so late. Now it's like prime real estate. Anyway, with that said, we have obtained some footage. You're not going to believe this. I didn't believe JJ until he pulled it off. I'll put it to you that way. So we're going to take our first commercial break. We're going to come back. Listen for this in the commercial break. We're going to come back with the Stone Cold Steve Austin interview that you've all been waiting for. We'll what? see you back here in just a little bit. You're listening to Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS 
Radio Network. What? Listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold Set Show. WrestlingOnline.com, the official news source of Wrestling News Live. You're looking for the latest news in the world of MMA and professional wrestling. Log on to www.Wrestling-Online.com and sign up for the largest and longest running newsletter on the internet today with over 26,000 subscribers and over 3,000 issues. And the best part, just like WNL, it's free! Once again, that's www.wrestlingonline.com. You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage blows the gasket, this match is over. You know, I'm really just a nice guy at heart, but... Don't piss me off, okay? I mean, come on. The truth is going to hurt someone. Catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes so buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week on the sns radio network it's go time And now it's time for another edition of A Day in the Life of Hulk Hogan. All my little Hulkamaniacs out there, Hulk Hogan just got back from the club, brother, and I'm about to lay the smack down on some poor, unsuspecting female that I met at the bar, brother. Are you ready for the Hulkster, brother? I was born ready. I, I've never done anything like this before, but 
I, I've seen you my whole life. My brother had posters of you on his door. Well, your brother's got good taste, dude. <laughs> so the question you got to be asking yourself, brother, what you going to do when the 24-inch python runs wild on you? Rip the shirt, Hulk. Rip the shirt. Rip it. <gasps> Why isn't it ripping? Hulk. Brother, it's not pre-cut, brother. Sorry. How about I just take it off? Okay. Are you ready for the 24-inch python? Oh, I'm so ready. I love pythons. Well, get ready, brother. Why did you call me brother? Uh, just to have you don't like it when I call you brother? I, I kind of like it when you call me brother. <laughs> kind of turns you on, doesn't it, brother? <laughs> it kind of does. I do this all the time with Brutus Beefcake, brother. But I, but I really want to see the python, Hulk. The python. All right, brother, close your eyes. And get ready for a big surprise. Oh, okay. Hulk? Hulk? Here comes the 24-inch python, brother. Is that like a baby python? Oh, must be cold in here, brother. Give me a sec. And while the hoaxer looks for his fanny pack, we conclude yet another day in the life of Hulk Hogan. Sean Michael, Mr. Hall of Fame, 2011, and you are listening to Wrestling News Live on SNS Radio Network. See ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya. Then he's getting weak whenever I'm around. They see me walk, they hear me talk, I make them feel like they're on cloud nine. I'm just a sexy boy. All right, guys, we're back here, Wrestling News Live, right here on the SNS Radio Network. And, you know, uh, we've had a lot of big interviews on this program. And our next guest, if you don't know who this guy is, you must be living under a rock. He is a two-time Intercontinental Champion, a four-time WWE Tag Team Champion, a six-time WWE Champion, won three Royal Rumbles, the 1996 King of the Ring winner, a pop culture icon, and arguably, ladies and gentlemen, the biggest name in sports entertainment today. Now he's making his mark in television 
and movies, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the bionic redneck, the Texas rattlesnake, the one, the only, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve, how you doing this morning? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm just trying to get over a little uh, bout with the flu and some strep throat, some pardon the voice, Ugh. but uh, I'm doing good. I thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure uh, yeah, to have we've been We've been doing this show. We're on our 16th year. I guess if you started listening when we started this thing, you could drive by now. And you've been on my bucket list since the day we started this thing. And to finally get you, sir, is an honor. And I know we were talking a little bit before the interview, and I want to start off with what you're doing now. And uh, like I said, I got off work 7 o'clock this morning, got me some breakfast, got me some milk, Sat down in front of my TV with a brand new copy of Recoil, your brand new movie with Danny Trejo, and I love the shit out of it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I loved it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, the, the thing I liked about Recoil was when I read it, you know, I'm kind of like one of those eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth people, and I figure if you do something bad, you ought to get punished bad. Right. And, you know, of course, in, in, the, in the movie, uh, you know, as a cop, my family gets killed, and so I hand in the badge and start... Uh, taking names and kicking ass and you know <laughs> I, I just believe that if you get caught red-handed doing something you ought to pay the price and i think too often today uh people get off on the easy side of punishment so that's what i enjoyed about this script described it to jj i said it's kind of like you know what you want batman to be the vigilante that goes after all the bad guys he just doesn't wear the suit yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and you know, my, my the fact that my damn wife and kid gets uh, killed in this thing, I think I've come from uh, several of my movies. My my wife either gets killed or you know something happens; she's no longer around. So right. I don't think I'm going to do any more roles where I come from a dark place because I think I'd like to show a little bit more of the dynamic side of my personality. <laughs> but uh, and I, and I just finished a movie which was uh, which is right up that that alley and, and way more action intensive than anything I've done. So I want to continue to kind of ramp up the RPM factor and the and the adrenaline and testosterone uh, in, in in my movies. But Recall, I, I liked because I liked what the story was. And, you know, hey, man, this guy went after people who did bad things, and that that's what I believe should happen to people in real life. So, And uh, that kind of jibes very well with my personal beliefs in life. I love the line, I was acquitted, not by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not by me. It's uh, man. I just figure if you get caught red-handed doing something, whether it's a murder, a rape, or whatever, uh, then you should be punished accordingly. And uh, that's just what I believe in my personal life. And I think that uh, first, first, first of all, I think that's a, a proper punishment for the crime, and it's also uh, sets the standard and is uh, you know lets people know, hey, if you do this, this is what's going to happen to you. And I think I've heard I. a little more of that. Eye for an eye, brother. I guarantee it. I mean, I mean, I'd like to have you as president. I don't know what your plans are, but I'd vote for you. Man, I'm not going to vote for president, but I guarantee you we can we can uh, take care of that end of it real easy. We got certain we'd have certainly uh, much more problems to deal with, but I think uh, the crime and uh, the punishment would be solved right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, doubt about that. Well, I, I don't think I'm heading towards politics, guys. Well, that's a shame. I don't think you'd be good at it. But back to to, to recoil with with Danny Trejo. That final fight scene is is amazing, and I was just telling JJ about the fight scene during the break and and a little bit about the movie. But I have to admit, my favorite part is when that guy's got his gun pointed at that dog, and you walk up and beat the ever living shit out of him, and the the bikers all walk out, and Trejo tells you how you've made a mistake, and you're like, "Well, I've heard that a lot." And then he says, "Today's your lucky day," and he's like, 
I'll, I'll get you for this. And the best, my favorite Stone Cold line in the movie is, what are you going to do, text me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fun working with Danny. That guy, he's one of the scariest looking individuals you'd ever see in person. But when you start talking to him, he's the nicest guy I've probably ever met. Wow. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was fun working with him and, and uh, Noel G as well. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I never figured uh, I would be saying a line like that in a movie. Well, I much, much less never uh, really expect to be making movies after a wrestling career. But, anyway, I, I'm glad you enjoyed the movie. I had fun filming that movie. And it, it was, uh, I was, had a little bit of a shoulder issue during that movie, so I kind of had to change around a few of my fight scenes to kind of uh, <clears throat> help me through that injury so I could uh, kill all these bad guys, basically, you know, with fighting with uh, not really two hands but really one. And uh, trying wow. to kill a bunch of methamphetamine-selling bikers is uh, uh, trouble enough in, in and of itself. Uh, aside from doing the movies, you, you've been very busy uh, you know, with TV. Obviously, recently you were on Tough Enough. Um, is there a possibility there's going to be a season two of Tough Enough? Have you heard anything on that? Yes, yes, yes. Man, I know everybody wants there to be a uh, season two, and nobody wants it more than myself. I know that uh, WWE and USA were talking about it. Uh, but, you know, with WWE trying to come out with their own network, I know that they wanted the show to be on their network, but then when that kind of got delayed, uh, you know, the USA thing came back into play. So, man, I'm as in the dark as anybody, and, I, and, uh, and I'm the one that's really uh, wanting to know if we're going to do another one because, you know, I, I do movies now because I got out of the wrestling business. Right. It was my first uh, uh, goal in life. It was my dream in life to be a professional wrestler. I did it, I did it at a very high level and had to ride off into the sunset. This is about as close as I'm going to get to being back in that business. It's a business that I know and love. Uh, I, I loved trying to help each one of these kids. Yeah, I was hard on them on TV, but I give them a lot of good advice, you know, off of TV. And I want everybody to be able to make it in the business of pro wrestling, but not everybody's going to make it. But anyway, to stop yakking about it, I love uh, the business of professional wrestling. And if we get a chance to do another show, I'm on board. Now... On top of that, too, you've also uh, launched recently the BrokenSkullRanch.com, your new website. And I was perusing over it yesterday, taking a look at the things that you have there. And I got to see the uh, Man versus Phone Stone Cold Kyocera <laughs> commercials. And i got to say, uh, I'm loving these, by the way. They're, they're classic. Man, I had a good time doing that. Uh, those, those people approached me. They're trying to you know, promote that, uh, that tough phone. And uh, those phones are very popular. And they, uh, you know, among the, the uh, hardcore working people, the construction people, people in the transport business because of that uh, direct communication button. And I had a blast doing that, and it was it was fun doing something that uh, that lighthearted and funny, because uh, humor and comedy is a big part of my life. And uh, to be able to promote things that are in the vein of tough is uh, kind of a no-brainer for, uh, you know, to do business with Steve Austin. I made a hell of a living as a tough guy, a Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I'd like to I'd like to do more things like this in the future in, in the realm of my movies. It'd be nice to uh, yeah. kill a bunch of people and beat people up in a movie and laugh my ass off at the same time. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, no. because you do a lot of ass whipping in a lot of your movies. I've seen a lot of them over the last week or so, and uh, you know the one that stands out to me that was so different that I probably enjoyed the most. I don't know if you hear that very often, but um, was the knockout. I thought that was a great different kind of role for you because you didn't do a whole lot of ass whooping. You were still Steve Austin, the badass, but you know you also had a, a different side to you. And I, I, I thought that was a great movie. I want to make sure you knew that. 
Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a Karate Kid meets Rocky type movie. And, uh, you know, I read that script, and, and the thing about it was what was refreshing uh, to me, man, in my normal everyday life, I use uh, many four-letter words many times throughout the day. And, you know, when when you're talking in public or, again, on my website, you you won't find the cuss word. I mean, because they're, they're, there's young people that can get on that, so I keep my Twitter account and my website clean from all that. But uh, when I when I read that script, not only did I like, you know, the message, did I, did I like uh, the relationship between myself and the kid, uh, but I like the fact that there wasn't any cussing in the movie. And it's just uh, it's just a good movie. It, it, it's it's a feel good kind of movie, and I had fun making it. Is my point in a long winded fashion. So thank you for the comment. I have been following you, Steve, since early on in your career. A huge wrestling fan, always have been. Um, I can remember back in the old uh, WCCW days. You know, back when you were feuding with Chris Adams, and uh, you know had Lady Blossom at your side. And I just want to say I'm a big fan of what you've done, and you know. Uh, love the stunning Steve Austin character back in WCW, uh, and, and specifically when you and Brian Pillman were the Hollywood Blondes, oh, yeah. uh, was a, was a great time for me as a, as a, as a wrestling fan. And a, a colleague of ours, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, wanted me to ask: Do you have any funny memories or funny moments of uh, of your former tag team partner Brian Pillman? Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of uh, you know, a lot of them I can't tell on the air. <laughs> but you know, the, the, one of the things about Brian I always like to talk about <clears throat> is how smart the guy was. Yeah, he was very a uh, really intelligent human being. And you know, many times I mean, people look at uh, Brian and think, oh yeah, he was this loose cannon. And well, he was, but he was a very smart guy. And we'd be riding down the road, and and Brian was always wanting to improve and uh, expand upon his vocabulary. And and he, we would be driving down the road laughing and joking or whatever, and Brian would be reading one of his, his vocabulary books with all these different words in them. And as you listen to Brian Brian's promos, and Brian was a great promo, but if you listen to his vocabulary, and he uses a lot of big words, which nobody ever uses in the pro wrestling business because that's, that's what Brian's M.O. was. And uh, the guy was just a, a, a blast to be around. And I remember when when, they, when we shot that angle when we were breaking his house when he had that busted ankle from that wreck. <laughs> oh yeah. And man, that was some groundbreaking, cutting edge TV. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, people thought that was some real stuff that was going on there. Uh, you know, just because the way it was filmed. Man, man, it's pro wrestling. We were shooting an angle, uh, but that raised a lot of eyebrows. And uh, it was just cutting edge TV. And I always liked working with Brian. And I never liked being in a tag team prior to being a Hollywood blonde. And I didn't want him to break us up when they did. Because I mm-hmm. loved getting a tag team with Brian, uh, and as it turns out, you know things happened as they did, and I went on to a tremendous career with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. But uh, Thank man, God. I had a blast battle with Brian, and, and man, I wish that guy was still here because I'd like for him to still be a part of the business or see what the business has evolved into. Uh, because Brian was such a creative force, he'd have been a guy that would have been great behind the scenes. Uh, you know, and, and I was I was very happy that he you know finally got a chance to sign with the WWE when he did. Uh, unfortunately, you know, due to that accident, he was he was never really the same. I mean, I I thought of all the great matchups he could have had with you know a guy like Shawn Michaels, and unfortunately, that just wasn't to be. And uh, you know, huge Brian Pillman fan as well. I I think everybody's a Brian Pillman fan, <clears throat> and I, I know all the boys uh, loved him. You wouldn't care, you wouldn't hear anybody say anything bad about the guy. He was always up to something, stirring the pot <laughs> in a good way. Just, uh, you know, he's kind of like that wily e. Coyote, kind of always wringing his hands together, thinking of the next thing to do. 
Well, you know, I, I'm here in Calgary, so I hear a lot of uh, old Stampede stories uh, as it relates to. Brandon. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, man. I mean, the guys, the guys that come from uh, the, uh, the Stampede uh, territory are all big rivers because I mean that territory is all about ribbing each other and the mileage. Uh, the miles that those guys are driving between sh- uh, shows is legendary. Oh yeah. So and anybody that came out of uh, Calgary, out of that Stampede ter- territory, damn near, damn near every one of them knew how to work their ass off because they all had their chops up because you had to be good. The bar was set very high in that territory. No doubt. Now we actually had Kurt Angle on the program not too long ago, and uh, we brought up a lot of things with Kurt. One of them being the run that you had in 2001 uh, in the WWE where you had turned heel, had aligned yourself with Vince McMahon, and then you and Kurt Angle were basically vying for the affections of, uh, of Vince McMahon. And uh, uh, This was my favorite Stone Cold. Yes. Uh, this was my favorite persona of Stone Cold because you could still kick the ass, but you, just, you were having so much fun at the same time and making me laugh that, you know, I, we, I, we brought up to Kurt Angle about, uh, you know the, the the fact that you guys did the skit with the cowboy hats and and he put you over as you know all Steve's idea, but man, that was some of my favorite Stone Cold Steve Austin work. Well, you know, I enjoyed that too, and uh, but and, and the reason I I was doing that was because I think I talked about it in my uh, uh, DVD, my last Stone Cold DVD, was the fact that I had three bo- broke bones in my back and I couldn't work. So you know, and I and I wasn't uh, as a heel. You know, I couldn't do anything to anybody with physicality uh, to get any heat, and I didn't want to be flat as a heel. I at least wanted to be entertaining. So as a as a survival mechanism, I came up with all those different scenarios, and most of them were just kind of ad-lib, on-the-fly, uh, go-for-it type things. And, man, that's what I loved about working with Kurt. That guy's smart as a whip. He's quick, and <clears throat> he's uh, he's not selfish, and neither am I in that regard. And so we just let it fly and had a good time, and we both got over in the process. I loved uh, working with Kurt, and I, I love working with Kurt in the ring, too. You know, I, I still think that my favorite rendition of uh, We Are the Champions has to be yours. I am the champion. <laughs> Boy, I look, I look back at some of that stuff. And, you know, the thing about it that, what, that was cool to me, uh, working as a heel, was I could never get away with doing that stuff as a babyface because you can't, you can't cross that line as a baby face, but being a heel, you can do anything that you want to do. And so it allowed me to push the envelope from a character standpoint in so many different directions that things I wouldn't be able to do in a million years, a stone cold, uh, quote unquote, baby face, I could do in that heel mode. No, absolutely. Well, it, just, it showed a whole different side of you to the public. I mean, it was a total 360 from them, you know, beer drinking, middle finger flipping you know, bionic redneck, and then here you are playing guitar, singing We Are the Champions, and wearing sheriff's badges and cowboy hats, and I, I mean, I laugh. Well, and that's I, an interesting thing, that you got a chance to, you know, you you recognize that, hey, that was another side of Steve Austin. I mean, that, that's one of the things that I deal with every day, where people still think that I am that serious guy, you know, even out here in, uh, in L.A., uh, half times I walk into a meeting, I think people think they're going to meet a guy named Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I'm Steve Austin, the guy that played Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Right. Uh, and I, I'm 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 pretty far from that guy in my normal everyday life. Is there, is there a piece of me in there? Damn right there is. But you know, again, I, I I'd like to I continue to up the the level of my action work with it, the more more intensity, more fighting, and more bloodshed because I like those kind of movies. But by the same token, man, 
I'm not saying I'd be a leading candidate for a rom-com, but I'd love to do something in the comedy vein. Well, it's just like that phone commercial, you know, we talked about. Yeah, earlier. exactly. You know, I mean, yeah, and I, you know, I think I, it'd be nice for that thing to, to keep getting out there and uh, people see a little bit different side of me uh, than than what they're just taking at face value. Well, to the wrestling fan that hears somebody say something stupid to you in a commercial like that, and just just you say what, you know, just the subtle what. To, to us, we laugh our ass off because we know what you're saying. They think you're right. just asking what. <laughs> you know? I know, I know. It's uh, it's, it's it's very interesting. You know, speaking of that, that's that's another uh, lingering reminder that uh, you know the current generation deals with. You know, Stone Cold's what? Uh, it seems like every time we see a promo on uh, Monday Night I Raw. I hate you for that, by the way. <laughs> oh man, I don't mind it when I you're did. in the ring, but I hate the fact that you're nowhere around. It's got nothing to do with you, and they're still chanting what? Man, I tell you, I never thought that whole uh, scenario would still be going today. I, I did it, you know, again, I did it as a, as a heel just to, uh, you know, basically if someone, as, as, a, as, a, as a show of disrespect, I used it as a baby face to totally, you know, interrupt somebody's train of thought and, and to mess with their head. And, you know, when we printed that on the shirt, and it sold like hotcakes. And the fact that the fans are still doing it, and they love to do it. Jesus Christ, they like to do it and try to get under somebody's skin. And, you know, and basically the solution to the problem is if you don't give them that, that pause between sentences or paragraphs to, you know, it's all about phrasing and, and how you carry your promo. You, you don't right. have to let them in if you don't want to. Many people don't realize that. I like our so, truth yeah, now it, says, don't want it, me. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt, no doubt. You know, I, I actually, to this day, still have uh, one of the original uh, Austin 316 shirts hanging in my closet. That's uh, probably the only wrestling shirt I probably have anymore. At one point in time, I think I had over a dozen different Stone Cold shirts. I think my favorite was probably the uh, Stone Cold University shirt. But I still have the skull with the flames, and uh, we even took that logo and printed it off on sticky paper and put it on the back windshield of my brother's Chevy pickup truck. Man, I tell you what, I, I remember when I first came to uh, WWF. It was still F at the time, and uh, you know they were pushing Mark Henry, Mick Foley, Vader, everybody else but me. I was the ringmaster. They were pushing Mark Merrow, and they certainly didn't have any T-shirt ideas for me. And uh, there was a good friend of mine, Jimmy Miranda, who used to run the merchandising. Uh, and I'd say, Hey, Jimmy, is the office going to do a T-shirt on me yet? Goes, no, Stephen, no, no uh, T-shirts for you. Well, finally, I came up with the Stone Cold thing. It was really starting to take off. It was after the 316 promo in Milwaukee, King of the Rings. And uh, here comes Jimmy. Finally, one day, he goes, Stephen, the office finally wants to do a T-shirt for you. You got any ideas? And I said, you're damn right I do. I said, put Austin 316 on the front of it, put a skull on the back of it, and carve in Stone Cold in the uh, <coughs> excuse me forehead like it looked like it was chiseled in. He goes, okay. And he ran the idea by the office. And Vince put a stop to it. And uh, he's just, and so I went over and talked to Vince, and I said, hey, Vince, what's the deal with the T-shirt? He goes, well, it's got a skull on it. I said, yeah, no, I want a skull on the back of it. He goes, well, uh, don't you think that's kind of the Undertaker's gimmick? I said, well, I don't think so, but I'll run it by him. He goes, yeah, because your gimmick infringement was really enforced back then. You know, you didn't want to step on another guy's toe. Right. So I went over to Undertaker, and I said, hey, take. I said, man, I want to do a T-shirt, and I got a skull on the back of it. Are you cool with that? And Taker just looked at me and goes, yeah, man, I'm cool with it. Go for it. So 
So anyway, uh, once that you know, Taker cleared the fact that the skull wasn't infringing on his gimmick, you know, that green let the skulls for me, and I incorporated them on every piece of merchandise they came out with, and that turned out to be the biggest selling shirt in the history of wrestling, and it turned out to be a good thing. Now here's the million dollar question: Do you know how many? Because I don't know. Do you know how many different shirts they made for you throughout your career? You know, I don't know how many uh, shirts we did. Uh, you know, I know the ones that we did in-house. I had a creative hand on 90% of those, and they were, they were mostly my ideas, and I worked with the uh, art department there in the company. A lot of the licensee stuff was out of my hands, but spinoffs of what we had created. So I don't know how many has actually ever been sold, but uh, it's... Uh, you know, when I got fired by uh, Eric Bischoff and WCW, who thought I wasn't marketable and I was uh, uh, injury-prone, <laughs> and, and basically, you know, it, it, that said, hey, we don't think you're ever going to make it in this business. So, yeah, I got the royalties off those shirts. But the biggest and uh, the, the best part about that was every time I sold a shirt or every time I got one of those royalty checks, I would say, you know, F you. Uh, I, I can sell uh, tickets, I can sell shirts, and I can damn sure work in the ring. And, uh, again, there's no personal animosity towards me and Bishop anymore. We buried the hatchet. I, I like the guy. But that that was the feeling that I got every time I sold a shirt. Right. I, I had to apologize. I lied to you. I have one other so cold shirt. I have Arrive, Drink Beer. I have that one. Uh, Arrive, Race, Hell, Leave? Yeah, Arrive, Race, Hell, Leave. Yeah, that's the one I have. Yeah. I got that one while doing yeah. a, a remote for one of the house shows. <coughs> Yeah, they were all they, they all kind of have a, a a special place in my heart because I, I created to them. It was where my head was at the time, and uh, but you know obviously that 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 first one, the Austin three sixteen, one uh, is probably you know the one I'll, I'll remember the most fondly because it was my first shirt, you know, in the WWF. Right. I just love the sign of following that, you know, King of the Ring, the the, the next few nights on Raw and all that, the 316s just started popping up in the crowd. It was amazing. Well, I'll tell you what. We uh, we would go to the uh, to the shows, and, man, there was nothing but a sea of Austin 316 shirts. It was mind-blowing. It was, I mean, it, I'd never seen anything like it before in my life because it had never happened to me in my life. And no one had ever sold that many shirts. And I tell you, man, it was a, it was a hell of a damn uh, a rush and a high to, to see... To, to have that kind of success, and again, to come from the, I paid my dues, I learned uh, the hard way, uh, I'd starved, and now it's finally getting a little payback. Well, Steve, I know our time is limited with you. Uh, I've got one last question before we uh, we let sure. you go. Um, you know, you had such a great chemistry with The Rock in uh, in the WWE. Some of my favorite matches, uh, obviously, are with you and The Rock, and of course, you and Bret uh, Hart from WrestleMania some years ago. Um, is there a possibility, have you talked with The Rock about maybe somewhere down the road, the two of you kind of getting together and doing a, an action movie together? No, no, you know, I, I, ever and The Rock uh, and I will send each other a text message or whatever. Obviously, we're on different paths, uh, and he's staying uh, very busy as well, and he's meeting with a lot of success. I'm proud of that guy. Uh, right now, you know, it's kind of like uh, if that opportunity comes down the road, it will be, but it's like, man, he's got he's to mind his business and he's got to stay focused to what he's doing. And, you know, if organically uh, the time comes when we can be in the same movie, I think that'll be fine. Do we need to rush right out and make a, a, a Steve Austin rock movie? No, no. 
but if it happens uh, and it happens for the right reasons and it's the right characters and it's the right story, hey, then that'd be fine and dandy. I agree. Uh, now, friend, we, go ahead, Trey. A, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, brought up your movie career at work this morning when I told her I was going to interview you this afternoon, and she talked about The Rock and and the movies, and I said, well. I said, there's a difference between the two. I said, there's a pretty big difference. I said, you watch a rock movie, you go into it expecting to laugh and see a few good fight scenes. I said, you watch a Stone Cold Steve Austin movie, you expect him to whip everybody's ass and make you laugh a few times along the way. Well, and, and that's that's what I actually want to turn the, the volume up on uh, more. And and, and I, I just uh, recall as a step in that direction, but it's more in the vigilante, storyline-driven movie than being an action piece. But the movie I just filmed is a lot more action-heavy. I fought damn near every day of the script uh, and, and uh, turned the volume up. And, and I think the, the light really went off from a character development standpoint and working with this director I just worked with. And I want to create a character, you know, on screen that's as memorable as Stone Cold was. Do I think I've done that yet? No. Am I capable of doing it? Yes, and I will. So but that's, that's uh, the direction that I'm, I want to – and I do want to do some comedy – but, man, I, I, I dig the action stuff. My core fan base uh, expects that out of me. And I've made, you know, fans that don't even, uh, that like my movies that don't even know I wrestled or, or never watched me wrestle, put it that way. So I want to continue to entertain the, the, those people and, and grow that fan base as well. But bottom line is I want to do hard-ass action movies where people get their ass whipped. And, yeah, there is a violence. Uh, there is violence in the movies because I like that kind of stuff. But as long as it's a means to an end, it's not, it's not just gratuitous BS. I like that line where the guy says, how'd you learn to fight like that from fighting like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about the best way you can learn. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, Steve, I, I want to say thank you. Uh, it, it's been fun talking to you. And, and I do want to say that uh, I, you probably don't remember this. I know you've probably met millions of people in your career. But uh, I did get the opportunity to meet you some years ago back in 2004. You were actually uh, basically doing a... Uh, remote for the Arkansas Twisters uh, indoor football arena game, and uh, you were signing autographs and stuff. And I actually brought you a couple camouflage hats and gave them to you, and you signed uh, my Attitude Era championship belt, the little mini one. And uh, it still sits on my desk today, and I appreciate that. And I, I hope you enjoyed the hats. Man, I appreciate you guys watching, and I appreciate the support. Not a problem. In fact, we'd like to help uh, you know get your website out there. I was thinking, if you don't mind, we'll go ahead and link your site to uh, to our our show. Oh, please do. I'd appreciate that. You know, sometime down the road, when we get a chance, like I said, we've been doing this 16 years now, and there's a whole lot of stuff I'd still like to talk to you about. I'd like to even swap some deer hunting stories with you, so we'd like to have you back on here as soon as possible. Oh, you got it. I'll, uh, shit, I'll, uh, let me get this, uh, next, uh, few, uh, weeks lined out of what I'm doing. I'll call, I'll call and do a check back. Sounds good. Right, I'll, uh, I'll send you a tweet. You probably won't remember this, but it'll be Trey WNL for Wrestling News Live. It'll be Trey WNL. I'll send you a message and see if you can, you know. I'll, uh, I'll get the message. I'll follow you back, and we'll stay in touch. All right, I Steve, appreciate it, man. Before we let you go, can we get a quick liner for the show? Yeah, I got a – my voice is a shit, but I'll do the best I can. Okay, uh, basically – You sound like Steve Austin to me. Yeah, you, you do. <laughs> uh, basically, what we're looking for is you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS – Radio Network. Hey, you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Oh, thank you, Steve. That was I'll awesome. Call you in a couple weeks. We'll do that summit over. 
Now, which movie did you get sick on? Which because uh, you got that that Maximum Conviction coming out, and then another one called The Package. Which which one did you get? Sick oh on? man, we were filming The Package up in uh, Vancouver. Normally, my wife gets killed in every movie, so I don't have any sex scenes with her. In The Package, <laughs> I'm, I'm laying in bed with my wife, and I'm making out with her. And on the way to on the, the way to work that, that day, she was saying how sick she was the week before, and she's getting oh, injections shit. and shots and shit like that. So. Me putting two and two together. I deduced that I got sick uh, making out with her in the movie. Because, man, dude, I don't get sick. I no. got a damn uh, uh, immunity system like a bitch, And all of a sudden, you know, I got the exact same shit she had. I lost my voice. I couldn't talk. Uh, it felt like shit. So now I'm starting to come out of that. But I, but that's how I got sick. I'll I tell you what. I'm being a radio DJ who can't afford to lose their voice. <laughs> I found this out on accident. But if you'll take, like, a Claritin... Yeah, <clears throat> it does wonders for your voice, and within twelve hours, you'll you'll feel like you got your voice back. Well, I I got some over in a damn drawer. I'll uh, I'll eat one of them, but I you know like in and in Philly, Canada, also I'll t- if I get uh, uh, some grain or something like that, I'll take Mucinex. Well, you mm-hmm. can't find no Mucinex in Canada. I love you guys. Are you you guys have been to Canada? He's in Canada. I live in. I, I literally. Where in Canada are you at? Uh, I'm in Calgary. I, I married a Canadian about six oh, years yeah. ago. Oh yeah, well, man, I, I dig Canada, but you can't find the same medicine there that you can in the states. Oh, no doubt. But anyway, that's another story for another uh, one next time I call. Uh, but anyway, guys, I'm gonna. Uh, I got a meeting here with a director. Find another project, and I appreciate the help. And I'll stay in touch and uh, send me that uh, tweet, and I'll follow you back. All right, yeah, Steve. Trade W N L T R E Y W N L. You got it. All right, Steve. All right, brother. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Well, there you have it, guys. Stone Cold Steve Austin right here on Wrestling News Live, exclusively right here on the SNS Radio Network. And, Trey, what a great interview that was, man. That was a lot of fun. I, uh, you know, I know you and I talked before he came on the line, and we were a little nervous because you just don't know who you're going to get when they call in or when you get them on the phone and uh you know we were kind of worried is he going to be in a good mood is he going to be in a bad mood and he come on was great and uh you know he made the interview easy because he was so open and you know just easy to talk to and you know i can honestly say that's one of my personal favorite interviews that i've ever been a part of well, you know, absolutely. Uh, he was very laid back, and, you know, I just enjoyed talking to him. I wish we'd have had a little more time with him. I knew that we were going into this. We were limited. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that he gave us ten more minutes than we originally were supposed to get. So, uh, you know, uh, I look forward to talking with him in the future. Yeah, and, you know, he seems to be a man of his word. He says he wants to come back on. We'll, we'll definitely let him. Absolutely. Well, i tell you what, we've got the official trailer for Recoil. I'm going to go ahead and play that, and then we're going to go into a commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to hit our News of the Week, sponsored by our sponsors over at wrestling-online.com. And uh, if you didn't know, this interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin was set up by Colin Vassilo over at wrestling-online.com. So if you happen to peruse the, uh, the website over there, if you sign up for the newsletter, and you go to the Facebook page, thank Colin for yeah. uh, for booking this wonderful interview for us. Uh, I mean, I can't say enough. We He's known for a long time that Stone Cold has been on the bucket list, and uh, he he really tried for a long time to get that interview, and, and he came through for us. So I want to personally thank Colin Vaslow for everything he's done 
for Trey and myself and Wrestling News Live. It's been a very good partnership that we've had with him. Yeah, and we're not done. we got a whole lot of other projects uh, lined up for interviews in the future, so we want to make sure and, and uh, get on those. And if you have any questions about the movie Recoil, feel free to ask. I did see it. I wasn't just blowing smoke up Austin's ass. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, but I am a big-time action film junkie. And uh, like I said in the chat room, if you like action movies, you you're gonna love recoil because that's all it is is action and it's basically stone cold steve austin versus a biker gang that you know is taking over this small little town they've got the sheriff in their pocket they're paying him to leave them alone and stone cold just goes through the uh newspapers and finds people that have been you know in court for rape or you know beating on kids or you know, drugs or whatever, and when, when they get off and he didn't think they should have, well, the court of Stone Cold Steve Austin, he judges them differently than the judge does, I promise you. Well, that said, let's go ahead and play this uh, trailer for Recoil, go into our next break, and we'll be back in just a little bit right here on Wrestling News Live, right here on the SNS Radio Network. I love you. Like you scratch. I came here for Rex. You come for one of them, you get them all. Drake runs this town. Meth, guns. He's the mayor. We're all just paying rent. No, I don't want to see a whole lot of new faces. No, no feds, no ATF. I'm gonna enjoy killing you. We got a score to settle, don't we? So if you're gonna shake the cage, go for it. Believe me on it. You remember? What'd you learn to fight like that? From fighting. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, 
SNSHeadlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. Each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. it for decades and now your favorite wwe arcade game is back wwe wrestlefest completely reimagined on your iphone and ipad featuring the biggest wwe superstars and legends challenge a friend in multiplayer tag team matches epic dlc content featuring over 30 wwe superstars and legends prove yourself in the ultimate royal rumble all-new Road to WrestleMania storyline. Beat the odds and become WWE Champion. Grab your iPhone or iPad. The classic arcade game, WrestleFest, is available now. In March of 2012, the two former hosts of the popular Cosecast radio show, The Phenom, Charles Shane, and Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ68, reunited on Friday nights to cover WWE SmackDown, the latest news in the world of professional wrestling, the world of gaming, and entertainment. If you tune in on Friday nights, starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, on the SNS Radio Network, located at www.snsradionetwork.com, perhaps you can listen to the U-Team on the new Unplugged. The band is back together! This is Cowboy James Storm, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. All 
All right, guys, we're back here on Wrestling News Live exclusively on the SNS Radio Network, and it's time that we go ahead and peruse over the latest news of the week sponsored by our good friends over at wrestling-online.com. If you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, do so and join over 27,000 other subscribers who get their newsletter at least three to four times a week. It's all the news that you need. You don't need to peruse the websites. You get it right there in your email. And just like Wrestling News Live, folks, it's free. free. I just realized that the Beer Money song says, when the shit's going down. It, it does, actually, yes. I've never noticed that before. Now, I, I, speaking of this, let's go ahead and branch off into the news. Let me go ahead and hit the sounder, but we'll start off with this. This is a good this is a good place to start, actually. Excuse me! Excuse me! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. May I have your attention, please? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. And now the news. Now, surely, Trey, I know you're a TNA fan and you watch the show and you keep up with it pretty regularly you know all about james storm's new song what is it uh long necks and rednecks is that, is that what it's long called Long necks and rednecks long necks and rednecks did you know that they've been filming the video for this song which is performed by serge salinas and dale oliver but in the video believe it or not james storm is hanging out with montgomery gentry yeah and uh, and a few other country artists as a matter of fact um the song is going to go to country radio and actually get some airplay. Now, I was just thinking, if you really wanted this to be a big song for TNA, why not get Montgomery Gentry to actually redo the song? Well, that's what I thought, too. When I saw that news story, I thought, why are Troy and Eddie doing the video when it's not even their song? So I I don't know. I haven't talked to James about this, so I don't know. I don't really know a scoop. I guess I should have probably investigated, but I haven't. Well, you know, and the whole point of this is to try and get James Storm uh, over and very relevant with country music fans. Because really, if you haven't noticed, they've really been on the kick of pushing James Storm to the moon following his uh, his world championship run uh, against Kurt Angle. You know, he's building himself back up, and they really want James Storm to be a uh, prominent fixture in TNA. And this is the way to go about it. I personally think it's a good idea, but I find it interesting that they're not having a major country artist like a Cowboy Troy or a Montgomery Gentry uh, go in and redo the song. Uh, to me, if you're going to have them in the video, what's the sense of having uh, Dixie's husband, Serge Salinas, and Dale Oliver doing the music? I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of confused there. I don't get that, but it's just me. I don't know. Speaking of Cowboy Troy, that bastard still owes me a six-pack of beer. <laughs> You'll never see it, my friend. You'll Probably never not. see it. Probably not. And I, I must have not. I must have missed this story because I don't. I don't remember hearing it. I interviewed him when he first started, and um, me being an Oklahoma Sooner fan, and he is a diehard Texas Longhorn fan. We made a bet on the Red River Shootout between Texas and OU that year, and we swapped cell phone numbers. And I was supposed to go down to the game and hang out with him and Big and Rich. And with my awesome, awesome luck that I have, I got deathly ill that week, missed work for two weeks, 
and was sick for you know a good nine ten days in a row so i told him we'd reschedule on the you know game and blah blah, blah. i'd catch up with him later and he said well you know he texted me back something along the lines of well if you're sick now you'll be even more sick when texas beats oklahoma or something like that and i said laugh out loud your ass blah 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 we ended up making a, a small wager of a, a six-pack of beer Oklahoma won that year, and I still haven't received my six-pack of beer. Okay. Well, that makes a little bit of sense. Now, I've got some really sad news for uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. Apparently, he has broken his ankle and is going to be out of action for a while. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I'd say it's sadder news for his ankle, but yeah. Um, another guy that, you know the company could use to start pushing for their new star directive and he's going to be set on the sideline. Well, you know, I, I thought that, you know, going into this GM versus GM match that, you know, a guy like Ted DiBiase Jr. would have been great for Teddy Long. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. that's it's not going to happen because he's got a pretty bad ankle injury that's going to require surgery. He's also had some shoulder problems, so she's gonna be, he's going to be uh, getting that rehabbed as well, but... Uh, I hope yeah, that he's he almost back. one of those guys that you know you you look at uh, uh, Michael McGillicuddy and you're like God, why don't they just let him use the name Hennig? But Ted DiBiase is one of those guys you almost wish he would have debuted with a different name. Yeah, you know, and I've said this before when they had him as part of Legacy as as being one of the uh, Randy Orton thugs, basically. You know, I really thought they missed an opportunity to turn him face rather than Randy Orton, and really give him a babyface push. Now, we kind of saw a slight babyface push with him against Hunico and Camacho. Um, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the whole DiBiase posse thing. Bless but, you. But it seems like, uh, it seems like you know, that's gone the, the way of, uh, of the dodo, if you will. So when he comes back, I really hope he's, he gets a renewed push and not one of those uh, spring-cleaning releases. I, I really think that Ted DiBiase, if utilized correctly, could be a baby face for the company whether he's mid card or main event down the road who knows but i think that he could be utilized in that fashion yeah i've been watching these uh wwe legends roundtables that they've been having thanks to uh rockport and uh one of them they, they've got on there it's called factions and jim ross clearly says you know that this the wrestling business right now needs some factions it needs at least one good faction right now and you know when they did legacy legacy was such a good idea i just would like to have seen it been done with different people or maybe structured differently with you know maybe the heart foundation as a group in there tamina in there you know randy orton leading the group maybe i don't know maybe leave randy out and let somebody like ted lead the group you well, know, you, you it would know, have been, been interesting. I think so, too. And, you know, there's so many third-generation stars that are in developmental. They're, they're in the company. You know, it would have been great to see a guy like David Hart Smith. Uh, you know, now he's Harry Smith, of course. would have been great to see him involved in that. You know, uh, uh, Husky Harris could have been utilized in that. I mean, there's another third-generation guy. You know, right. um, just so much talent there in FCW that they could have done something with. McGillicuddy's another one, you know. Get rid of the, McGill the Michael McGillicuddy character and, you know, let him be Joe Henning. You know, he's yeah. not Mr. Perfect by any means. He's not that damn good, which sucks. 
I've said this many times before, but if you told me in 2012 that Mr. Perfect's son works for the WWE, I'd think it was Dolph Ziggler. But sadly, it's yeah. not. It's Joe Henning, Michael McGillicuddy. Um, moving along with some news stories, we, we teased this early on. Um, there is a Hulk Hogan sex tape making the rounds. Vivid Video is interested in publishing that particular tape. Hogan has gone on record to say he does not know who the woman is in the uh, the video and that it must have been in between his marriage to his ex-wife Linda and his current marriage to uh, wife Jennifer. He says that there was a period about five years ago where he was going through a lot of crazy stuff and you know doesn't remember a lot of things and he thinks that's when it happened. Um, now, on a side note, Linda Hogan is wanting to see the video because... She's trying to prove um, in her defamation lawsuit against Hulk Hogan that he, he was, in fact, a cheater. And so she wants to see evidence of this tape so that she can try to figure out a timeline when it was when it was down. If, in fact, Hulk Hogan was still married to Linda and it can be proved that he was cheating on Linda, then that's going to throw the defamation lawsuit out the fucking window that Hogan had on Linda. So, you know, I, I don't know what happened there, but... Uh, Either way, this is very interesting. And, of course, we debuted. We world premiered exclusive. You'll never hear this anywhere else. We had exclusive audio from that particular sex tape. So, Yeah, when I heard about this, I thought, really? Somebody's going to release a Hulk Hogan sex tape? But then I got to thinking about it. If I had footage of me fucking, you know, some hot diva, I'd probably want to release it, too. <laughs> well, you know. For proof. For we've proof. Seen, we've seen I Hogan's told you I did it. We've seen, you know, video proof of Hogan shitting in a hospital. I mean, why not? It's the next logical step. I guess. Now, here's some sad news. And the Power Andy Knowles did a fantastic job last week on the Pro Wrestling Rewind talking about this very subject. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Kia Stevens, also known as Karma and, of course, Awesome Kong. Um, this was brought out through TMZ.com. Uh, story came out that she did not give birth to a healthy baby boy as originally reported. The child died and was stillborn. Now, a lot of people are, are wondering why she lied to people. You know, I'm not going to be the one to judge as a father of three girls. I can't imagine what it would be like to lose a child in that fashion. Now, I have had a situation arise when long before I met Harmony when I was married to my first wife. Um, she did have a miscarriage. So I, I can understand it from that perspective. But to actually give birth to a stillborn baby, I have no idea what that's like. And as a parent, losing a child, uh, it's your worst nightmare. It's something you don't want to experience. My heart goes out to Kia, and I hope that she can recover from this. And, uh, you know, so before you guys judge her, I mean, think about the place that she's in right now. If she wanted to tell people that the baby was born, it was healthy, um, as, as a way to deal with it, then, you know, uh, kudos to her. But she is going through a tough time, and, you know, my heart goes out to her. From the standpoint of, you know, who does it hurt the most, the mother is the most torn up about this. I can tell you because I should have a brother between myself and my brother, but my mother did give birth to a stillborn child um, who I guess 
was healthy and alive right up to the birth, but just got choked on the umbilical cord. And ended up, you know, being born dead, stillborn. Um, they go through the process of a funeral. They, you know, they do the whole thing. Um, it's just really sad to begin with. It's a sad, sad thing. But then again, like I said, the mother is the one that really hurts the most because she goes through the motions of having a baby and then gets nothing in return. You know, I, so. I'll say this, and, you know, I don't know, Harmony probably doesn't want me to say this, but we dodged a bullet with Lexi because the day that she was born, five years ago, you know, I was right there, and we had a scare while Harmony was giving birth because the umbilical cord was wrapped around Lexi's neck as she was coming out. And I'm so thankful that the doctors were able to uh, get it off of her neck and that she was born a healthy, uh, beautiful baby girl. I mean, things could have went terribly wrong that day, but they didn't. It could have. I can tell you from, from experience. I mean, that's how my brother Brian ended up choking himself to death. Yeah. But, so. uh, you know, we, we were lucky in that in that respect. And, you know, thank God for that. But uh, I just I can't imagine what that's like for her. I really can't. Um, another kind of sad story making the rounds after last week's Raw, there was a video of John Cena talking about his brother who, if you didn't know Trey, um, actually has cancer, his younger brother. Oh, wow. And so he's going through a lot of stuff, you know, with his family, with his brother. And, you know, I might not be the biggest John Cena fan out there, but uh, I do want to say I wish his brother a speedy recovery and I hope that he kicks cancer's ass. I really do. I'm so goddamn sick of that disease. You and me both, brother. Me and you both. On a, on a more uplifting note, Stacy Keebler is on Jimmy Fallon, and she looks fucking amazing. Go Cloonster. She looks better than any of the divas that are on TV right now. I hear that. So, I've got a story from the wild and weird side of things, Trey. Lay it on me. <laughs> I like wild. I like a little bit of weird. Well, first off, let's start off with uh, with our favorite resident crazy son of a bitch who likes to hit Facebook and Twitter. I'm talking about the former WWF champion, the Ultimate Warrior, the Warrior. I knew this was a warrior story. I knew it had to be a warrior story. <laughs> Apparently, he's targeted not only Hulk Hogan, but also Zack Ryder on Twitter. Who knew? This probably comes as no surprise to anyone, but the Ultimate Warrior was quick to comment on the alleged Hulk Hogan sex tape, which will probably find its way online very soon. Speaking on Twitter, the former WWE champion said on Twitter that he needs no more boring proof that Terry is impotent with tiny shriveled up balls. The two were in a Twitter war last year following the death of the Macho Man Randy Savage, which resulted in Warrior typing out a long video blasting Hogan over the lies. Warrior's Twitter message ended with another cheap shot at Hogan saying, and finding out he's lesbian is too much for even me. Meanwhile, Hogan wasn't the only target of the Ultimate Warrior. Zack Ryder apparently ended up on his radar too for showing a custom action figure 
which looks like he has an old warrior face paint underneath and glasses. Having fun with my ultimate warrior marks is one thing. Violating my trademark rights is another. Really? Wow. This guy is out there, man. I mean, we've known that for years. You know, if, if, if he were a native, he would totally be off the reservation. Oh, my gosh. This guy has lost his fucking mind. Zack Ryder is infringing on the Warriors' trademark? Only if he changes his name to Ryder Ryder next week. Hell, he's probably just doing the good favor of giving you some publicity. In a positive way. <laughs> Unbelievable, dude. Now, I said it gets bizarre. It gets even bizarre here. Apparently, a transgender person has been charged with stealing over $50,000 from the WWE. You heard this story. A trans Wait a minute. A transgender person. Yes. Has stolen how much? $50,000 from the WWE. <laughs> now, see, this is the kind of thing you want to walk into at a bar. When you say, have you heard the one about the transvestite, the $50,000 of the WWE? What's the punchline? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, here, here's, the, here's the official story. A transgender person has been extradited to Stamford, Connecticut, and charged with stealing more than $50,000 from a WWE checking bank account. According to the story by the Connecticut Post, 34-year-old James Dwayne Bass, who also goes under the name of Kelly Monique. For a moment there, I thought we were talking about Nicole Bass, but I guess that's not the case. Oh, my God. Who also goes under the name of Kelly Monique, was charged with first-degree larceny and four counts of second-degree forgery. Bass managed to spend a total of $50,816 after he got the account number and the necessary routing numbers to make the purchases online and over the phone. After a warrant was issued, the man was apprehended in Tennessee where he was already under probation for an identity theft conviction. The investigation by police revealed that he made a total of 52 withdrawals during October and November of last year, and the money was used to pay for day-to-day -day costs, food, sundries, and college books. Un- fucking believable folks first of all how in the fuck did the he she get the damn numbers to pull this off well the sad thing is people actually thought when they heard transgender was, was stealing money from the WWE a lot of people thought it was China oh that are a storyline well there you go I'm not really sure how that happened but I'd love to find the specifics on that that's wow, just, just just think if we can get an interview with them, we could also win male and female interview of the year. <laughs> we may as well, man. We could make it happen. I mean, you could vote in both categories. Wow. Think about how awesome that would be. You know, fucking, <laughs> that's funny, Metallopunk, just put it in the chat room. Clowns, spiders, and he-she's just freak me the fuck out. <laughs> I don't like clowns. I want to punch them in the face. Spiders, I want to step on them. And he, she's, I want to kick them in the nuts and hope my foot doesn't get stuck. There you go. Now, 
here's an interesting story. You know, we know The Rock is back working a program with John Cena. Going to be a big part of WrestleMania 28 from uh, Miami. Well, they got to get their money back from the he sheet. I guess. Well, apparently business is great for Dwayne Johnson as he has bought himself a new lovely 13,153 square feet mansion, which was the property of the Miami Dolphins, Vernon <laughs> Carey. TMZ says The Rock paid a cool $3.45 million for his crib, which has five bedrooms, seven baths, a swimming pool, and a home theater with its own ticket boot. The house is located in, in the Southwest Ranches, Florida, around 30 miles northwest of Miami. You can check out photos of the crib over at wrestling-online.com. That's a Wrong lot of money, Trey. Bronx father with an actual funny line. I cannot believe I'm going to say this. The Bronx father made me laugh out loud. W-E-E, get the wang out. You know, I was watching The Rock's new uh, DVD that came out from WWE, this most recent one. Yep. And I can remember back in the day, which was a Wednesday, a long time ago. Long, 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 long time ago. And <laughs> it was an old episode of Wrestling News Live, one of the first ones out of the shoot. Definitely the first year we were on the air. And the only one that's going to remember something like this might be Charles Shade. Who was at Raw tonight, by the way? Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, he's in Cleveland. That's I'm right. actually hoping we hear from him when we do open up the phone lines. I don't know if we will or not. I don't know, but I'd like to hear from him to get his per- perspective on the live Raw tonight. But if not, I'll hear from him on uh, on Friday. But it'd be nice. We were talking once about the divas of the WWE somehow, I, a typical wrestling news live fashion, it basically got to the point where JSK was opening a beer. I remember it vividly. He always sat to my left. And I was looking at him as he was trying to talk, but working on this beer. And he said, out of the blue, out of his mouth, he said, God damn, The Rock's wife is one ugly bitch. <laughs> and I thought, what? And he goes, have you ever seen her? And I thought, I mean, it was totally out of left field. And I went, no, I, I don't guess I have. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm looking her up on the internet, and I thought, Wow. She, you know, she's, The Rock married her. I mean, it's kind of like Eddie Vedder's wife. You're like, really? But I was watching on the New Rock DVD, and it says when they interview her, or she has a a speaking part on the DVD, it says The Rock's former wife. I must have missed the news on him getting a divorce completely. Yeah, that happened some years ago, actually. Yeah, I remember that. Because I always thought, you know, the girls go nuts for the rock. And I'm I'm comfortable enough in my sexuality that, you know, when I see another guy that can pull ass, I go, well, I bet that guy pulls a lot of ass. Well, and the know, rock's a good looking guy that probably pulls a lot of ass. Well, you know, when you're married to somebody, you're on the road, 
You know, you get the attention from the women folk, as Shawn Michaels calls them. You know, shit happens, and it's hard to stay faithful to somebody. You know, I mean, I hate, I hate to bring this up again. What? But Stacy Keebler looks fantastic. Oh, you got Stacy Keebler on the mind. She's got. Uh, I guess I was wondering why she was on because she was doing a little game segment. But she's being interviewed now by Jimmy Fallon. I guess she's got a new fitness or a new fitness game out for the Xbox 360 Connect. Right. It's called Your Shape Fitness Evolved 2012. Nice. She's not on the cover, but I guess she's got something to do with it. Very cool. Let's go ahead and wrap up this news. Um, if you didn't know, the WWE is going to be streaming their pay-per-views to all Apple iOS devices. That's right. You heard me correctly. Starting with WrestleMania 28, fans owning an iPad or an iPhone will be able to watch the show streamed live to their iOS device. show is already available for online purchase at WWE.com for $20, and it will also be compatible with PC and Mac. If you're in the U.S. and looking for a cheaper way to watch the show, the bad news is that the U.S. residents are not eligible to purchase the show online. Almost 70 countries will, however, benefit from getting the show online for the above-mentioned price. More information on this can be found at WrestlingOnline.com or WWE.com. Speaking of WWE.com, they have relaunched their website with a very new design. Looks pretty good. I've been meaning to go look at that today, and I just got every time I got a chance, I got a sidetrack. Um, another thing, we've talked about the Legends House here on WNL and things we'd like to see. Apparently, Shawn Michaels is scheduled to appear on Legends House. Michael Hickenbottom, get the hell out of here. Shawn Michaels will be appearing in an episode. He won't be on the fucking show permanently, but he'll be appearing in an episode of the WWE Legends House that's being taped for the WWE Network. The Hall of Famer himself revealed on his Twitter that he was at the airport this week en route to Los Angeles to visit the eight legends. Of course, the legends in the house are Roddy Piper, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Hillbilly Jim, Mean Gene Okerlund, Pat Patterson, Howard Finkel, Tony Atlas, and Jimmy Hart, who are currently inside the house. Shawn Michaels said, I'm a bit scared. Truthfully, I can't wait to see them all. Will be fun. The eight legends recently also welcomed the original Batman, Adam West, to the house, and West posted a photo posing with all eight on his Facebook page. Something that you and I talked about the other day, I don't know if we... I think we talked about it probably after the interview was taped. Yep. But we talked about how cool it would be if Austin would go down and do an episode of McMillan Adventures with with uh, Shawn Michaels. And he's doing it. Well, well, yes and no, but flip that. Shawn is going to the Broken Skull Ranch to film an episode on Steve Austin's property. Very cool. So I'm guessing because of what few little conversations I've had with Steve, he's got a good supply of white-tailed deer, and he's got some some hogs, some boars on his property. And I know Sean's big into boar hunting. Big into boar hunting. Um, so I think that that's going to be what they're probably going to go after on that episode. Well, you know what? I recently heard that you can get that show online, so I might have to start watching it because uh, I want to see... I definitely want to see the episode with Triple H where they're gator hunting, and I definitely want to see if he's going to do anything with uh, Steve Austin on the ranch, though. That'd be pretty epic. Yeah, apparently they're they're 
going to make it happen. So it'll be interesting to, to see that episode. Now, that's going to do it for the News of the Week, sponsored by our good friends over at Wrestling-Online.com. Again, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, do so. It's free, so you're free. not missing anything, right? So that being said, it's time right now on the program. We have a limited amount of time to do this, but we're going to be taking your emails and your phone calls right now on the program. So if you do want to call in, the number to call is 501-588-7957. Or you can send your emails, if you'd rather, to WNLshow at yahoo.com. Now, with that being said, do we have a sponsor for this guy blind yet or no? Um, I'm still working out the details, but I can already tell you that I'm in the process of working out a sponsor for the Skyline. Um, it will be, the name of the company is going to be called Freight Pals. It's actually owned and operated by my older stepbrother. Uh, Paul Eckhart, and he is going to be our sponsor for the Skypeline going forward once we ink the deal. So Freight Pals will be your exclusive sponsor for the Skypeline here on the SNS Radio Network. See, we have any emails in the old box here. What? What? Emails? What the hell's an email? Actually, I think a lot of people were saying, what the hell's a she-mail? But apparently the WWE knows all too well. WWE is very familiar with the she-mail. Yes, they are. All Somebody right. said in the chat room they met Adam West. Adam Wee? Who's Adam Wee? Oh, man. I, I used to love the old Batman show, man. Loved it. I watched an episode of Comic Book Men where a guy had the actual Batmobile from the Adam West TV show. Right. And of course, you drive to a comic book store in the fucking Batmobile, you get, you get attention. Yes, you do. I'll tell you what, I have found us an email. Let's go ahead and hit the sounder and uh, reach it in. Hello, everybody. Hello. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. I've always really wanted to do this. Ah, don't worry about it. Be yourself. I have received an email. Of course you have an email, you idiot. Just read it. And this is what the whole feud is about right here. It's over the email segment. Wow, I like the other guy better. He's been nicer. <laughs> Our first email comes to us from longtime listener Omar Claros, who we know here in Calgary as the jobber, formerly a bottoms up. Um, tagline here, am I the only one? Has anyone but me noticed the satanic Kofi Kingston merchandise? Oh that shit on the design of his trunks is a pentagram. It's a wrestling-loving-slash-God-fearing man. I am troubled with this. I know that Vince <laughs> probably did make a deal with the devil way back in the early 80s, but come on. This is way too much in your face for me. Where is the Godfather, or excuse me, where is the Goodfather and Mr. Venus along with Ivory to look into this? Whatever happened to Zeke? Remember they were trying to get behind his multiple body slam gimmick, but just look at him now, laying down for Otunga? Do you guys think that it's an undefeated streak can work in today's wrestling? I believe Zeke had one for a while, and it didn't heat him up. Crimson over on Impact has one going, and nobody cares. Gone are the days of Goldberg squashing Jobberdom to infin infinity and people rising to their feet. I miss Tank Abbott and his three-count dancing square. <laughs> oh, my God. Only from the mind of the Jobber would you hear something like that. I'm going to have to look into this Kofi Kingston shit. I, you know, I never noticed it. And I, I think I'm going to have to pay close attention to that because I don't recall that ever. I've never seen that before. But 
I'll have to take his word for it. And I'll, next time Kofi Kingston has a match, I'll go and look at the trunks and see if I can see a pentagram. But I, I don't know. It's, I, I think the I, jobber's been you know sucking back some Molson or something. I don't know, man. I think I know what he's talking about, but I'm going to have to look at it again. Now we'll have to check that out. Um, let's go to the phone lines. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Hey, this is the Gully. Hey, Gully. Hey, what's, what's up, up man? How you doing? First time on the show. Good to have you here, man. You know, it's funny. You call yourself Gully. I remember my best friend, David Chips, back in the day when uh, he and I used to play Street Fighter Two. We used to always debate this. He used to call Guile Gully. And I'm like, no, dude, it's Guile. No, it's Gully. I'm like, no, dude, it's Guile. No, it's Gully. And then finally, he realized that it was Guile. But that's just, you know, just a quick little short story. So when you said your name was Gully, that's what it reminded me of was he used to call Guile Gully. Now, check yeah. this out, JJ. Gully and I were talking on Facebook earlier this evening. Oh, yeah? That's true. And, you know, I don't like, you know, talking on Facebook a whole lot, you know, about wrestling. But this was, we weren't talking wrestling. We were just kind of chit-chatting. And he has got a, a job that will blow you away. Oh, yeah? Tell JJ what you do for a living. Oh, I'm, a, I'm an operator for uh, Turner Broadcasting, specifically TBS and TNT Networks. Uh, board operator, really. Get the fuck out of here. That's awesome. Now, not, not a phone operator. Not a phone operator, no. I'm the board operator. I'm sitting in front of the network that's actually running out to the homes all over the country. Now, talk about a guy to get some Wrestling News Live SNS product placement on some TV. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they they don't let me put anything on the TV. They tell me what to put on the TV. Right, right. Uh, we, we we have a little slogan uh, at at my job. Uh, you log that shit. We air that shit. <laughs> nice. It's all about the logbook. Yeah, so, sometimes it's fun, like you know, when you, when you work weekends and management's not around, and you get you know a Matrix marathon or a Lord of the Rings marathon. Then it's an easy day at work. You're just kicking back and and pretty much watching it run. But then. Yeah, there are other days when it's busy, like when when we do NBAs and NASCARs, and then there are other days when it's torture when you get stuck on Friday night Tyler Perry duty and you got to watch four straight episodes of House of Pain. Oh, that's uh, rough, dude. That could get a little rough. That's that, that's really rough. I mean, look, you know, Tyler Perry's had some good ones, but come on, man. House of Pain, you come know, on. You know, I, I hadn't seen much of his stuff before I came to work for the company, and uh Every TV show that I've seen from from his company is is has been, yeah. but uh, some of his movies there was a lot of laughs in those movies, you know. Yeah, I like his movie work. I'm just not big on his television stuff. And that seems to be the uh, the consensus. Now the Bronx father has asked me to ask you to air Goonies tomorrow so he doesn't get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! You can find that DVD for five bucks at a Walmart bin. Exactly, Shit. exactly. I, I, I don't know how you make it through 34 years of life, how you make it through the 80s and the 90s without seeing the Goonies. I mean, I must have seen that movie 40 freaking times. Well, well you got to understand that he's made it through the 80s and 90s without seeing much anything. In <laughs> fact, I can't remember the last time I met somebody who hadn't seen the Goonies. Well, you, got, you guys got to remember, man, his seeing eye dog left a long time ago, so he was kind of fucked from birth. He's got a roommate. I asked him what his name was the day he started talking in Braille. <laughs> I 
was like, slow down, dude. I don't follow that dot, 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 hashtag shit. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. I could never figure out how anybody could, could could learn something like that. I just They have Braille on the elevators, you know, at my job. And I'm just like, you know, and I touch them all the time. And I'm like, it all feels the same to me. How do people do this? But I guess, you know, it, you always, know, it always confused me as a kid growing up. They they always aired this radio commercial that said, um, you know, they had this guy go, I can't read. And then this lady would come on and go, if you're an adult and you can't read, we're here to help. We're hooked on phonics. Call 1-800-ABCDEFG. Well, motherfucker, if you can't read, chances are you can't spell. How the fuck do you know what ABCDEFG is anyway? You know what my favorite episode of Married with Children was? The one where Kelly Bundy graduated from got high naked. school. Well, that one too. But the one where she graduated from high school and she's got her diploma. And she goes, here's my high school diploma. What's it say? What's it say? <laughs> <laughs> that show is a classic, man. That, I mean, that's still funny after all these no. years. I mean, 25 years old that show started. Now, isn't that one that you guys play late at night? Yeah, that goes on late night. They uh, they play them at like 4 in the morning. They run like 4 or 5 episodes. Sometimes yeah. more on the weekends, fill time. I wonder if, if Bronx has ever seen an episode of Married with Children. I'm almost betting that that's never happened to. Oh, uh, probably not. Probably not. Married with what? Huh? What? Huh? Married, who's Al Bundy? Three touchdowns for who? Polk High. Where the fuck's Polk? I remember, uh, you know, as a as a young lad watching that TV show, my mom would get very upset with me watching that. She she didn't like watching it. And then we went to uh, her family's house for Thanksgiving one day, and, and there was a little marathon on. We ended up watching, like, five episodes. The whole family's roaring. My mom's just like, I don't get it. I tell you, I show I used to watch this shit out of. As a teenage male, you probably understand why. Um, I don't know the name of the show off the top of my head, but it was the one with the... Uh, guy that was the the, the 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 rabbit voiced by Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh my god. What was the name of that show? And uh, he lived downstairs and it had Nikki Cox on there. Oh my god. Oh. Woo. I, I don't remember what the name of the show was. I just I used to get checks all the time for doing the voice of the rabbit and I don't know. I, like I, yeah. I'm unemployed now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you got to fuck Nikki Cox for a long, long time, dude. Ah! Nikki Cox is a strange one, you know. Uh, there's some days where she looks fantastic, and there's some days where she looks like a train wreck. Well, like when she was young and on that show, she always looked good. Jesus built her hot rod. I think I've seen all the Las Vegases by now, and she was like, that that was her deal on that show, you know. Some days she oh, looked yeah. great, other, other days. Ugh. I love That's Las so Vegas. I wish, I wish that show was still on. You guys want to hear something funny? Um, uh, I don't take phone calls from viewers, obviously, but I do get uh, in my email box a viewer's report of comments that people send in. And, uh, you know, most of it's, you know, negative and stuff. But the funny, funniest things that I get are, uh, when are you guys going to finish Las Vegas? Or, uh, you know, uh, when, when are you guys going to make new episodes of Charmed? And it's like, uh, <laughs> we didn't make those shows. We, we, we bought them. Wow. Yeah, Las Vegas ends on a cliffhanger, and they just rerun them over and over and over again. So if you're ever planning on buying the DVDs of that show, don't just set your DVR to TNT in the afternoon, and you'll eventually get them all. We just run them yeah. over and over and over again. Speaking my dad of, watches those shows religiously. Yeah, my dad still watches Law and Order religiously, which is just strange to me. I was like, no, I watch, years, I, watch, I watch SVU religiously, so. 
SVU is a really good show. I, I really enjoyed that. Television, man. What what did you what did you want to talk about? You know, I wanted to talk about uh, what happened to the Miz. You know, last year this guy's on top of the on top of the company, holding the belt in the biggest match of uh, WrestleMania 27, which uh, I got to see live. You know, my first WrestleMania. And, uh, you know, this year he, he doesn't even have a match yet, and he's on this losing streak and, you know, rumors of him being in trouble in the back. And I, I just don't get it because, I mean, the kid was working his ass off, you know, at the time. And I just don't really understand what happened this year to have him fall so far. Well, I'd say he was in the doghouse, but he's not because, I mean, he, other than John Cena, is the probably the most you know utilized company guy when it comes to television appearances radio appearances live appearances you know autograph signings you know right, stuff right, like right. that i mean he's he's john cena number two but uh you know it's it's just like creative kind of decided this year that they didn't have anything for it see i i think you guys are are, are not seeing the big picture i don't think it's necessarily they're trying to bury the Miz. I think it's part of a storyline that they're about to turn Miz face. You know, like I said, you've already got things shaping up for this big six-on-six -six, um, match going into WrestleMania, where you've got Team Laurinaitis versus Team Long. And He's, he was thrown under the bus by John Laurinaitis tonight. Exactly. He was, made, he was made out to be a punk that they didn't care about. Exactly. So I really yeah, I, think that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I really think that what they're planning with him is to kind of give him that face push. He's going to be like the last official member that's brought in to Teddy Long's team, you know, which is going to throw everybody off. Because and they have a player to be named later or a player that's going to be announced later. Exactly, and I think it's going to be The Miz. And I, I'm telling you, I think within the next couple of months when they do the draft, I think The Miz is going over to SmackDown, and I think they're going to try to market him as the face of that brand. I think they're really going to do some major rebuilding on both brands with this draft, and I think that... Miz could be a guy that would be utilized well in that role over on SmackDown. I mean, I think the guy was a great heel, mind you, but I think we've seen a kind of an evolution of him. And, yeah, he's been going through this losing streak for a while. But, I mean, let's face it, guys. We all know that wrestling is scripted. Wins and losses are scripted by the guys in creative. And I really think this is just a bigger storyline for him. And every time somebody's rumored to be quote-unquote, in the doghouse, usually they end up getting a huge push. Remember CM Punk was in the doghouse? Remember other guys that were in the doghouse? And then all of a sudden, boom, they're on top of the world. I just think it's part of a long, drawn-out storyline that they're going through. Very true, very true. I was just um, I was thinking about over the course of the whole year since WrestleMania. I mean, after, after he... I think we just... Lost Gully. I think Gully just got canceled by TBS. Yeah. Well, sorry about that, Gully. Um, I, you know, he was still a big thing back in back in Survivor Series. I mean, he main evented the pay-per-view with The Rock and John Cena. So, I mean, it's really been since December that we've kind of seen a, a slight decline after they broke up those guys, uh, Miz and Truth, that we've kind of seen this happen. So, I mean, again, I think it's part of a storyline, but it is what it is. I could be wrong, I too. It I, I would agree. It doesn't happen often, but, you know, it does happen. Um, let's go back to our emails. We have one from the Canadian Barbarian, Chris Husk. SNS respect. To JJ and crew, 
You know, I, I don't do letters very often, but to any punk that disrespects the hard work that go out to the SNS crew, hang on one second, let me actually do two things here at once. Back to the email. To the SNS crew, stop uh, stop disrespecting the hard work that the SNS crew do and go away. We don't need some punk ruining something so good. And if you don't like what I say, that's fine. But remember this, JJ, Trey, Power, Bronx, and the rest of the SNS family. I have respect for a full year to JJ as he's been kind to me as he's always accepted my phone calls and after the Macho Man show, the SNS family for all the funny remarks. All I can say to JJ, Trey, and the rest of the SNS family is thank you, the Canadian Barbarian Chris Husk. You're very welcome, man. You're you're a part yeah. of the family. We love the fact that you listen. We do these shows for you guys. So, you know, thank you for, for giving us props. I appreciate that. And that was what was so great about, you know, chatting with Gully on Facebook tonight. You know, he said, hey, I'm, I'm not a regular caller or a chatter. Um, I'm an archive guy, but I just wanted to stop by and, and, you know, thank you guys for what you do because you probably don't hear that enough. And, you know, we're not asking for you to break your arm patting us on the back, but if you want to send us a thank you email or shout, we'll gladly take it. That's uh, what fuels our fire and keeps us going. It's like, you know, JJ made a comment to me off the air. I probably shouldn't repeat, but I'm going to. Uh, we talked about future interviews. And he said, man, I kind of hope we don't get Sting. And I said, well, why do you say that? He goes, because you'll probably retire on me. You know, I said, no, you know, I'm not going to retire on you after we get Sting. I do this for the interaction with the people that listen. You know, the, 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 the SNS family, the Wrestling News Live family. You know, like I told Bronx today. I've been through a lot of ups and a whole lot of downs doing this for the last 15, 16 years. And, you know, the thing at the end of the day that keeps me coming back is the quality interaction with the listener base. And I'll be here until that's gone. Um, to, to sum up what Gully was going to say in the chat, uh, he was going to sum up by saying, thanks for the awesome Stone Cold interview and keep up the good work. He appreciates it, man. We appreciate you guys listening. So that's thank you. what we're here for. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Big Mike. What's going on, fellas? Man, Mike? you about a noisy motherfucker. <laughs> well, he's hiding yeah. in the closet, Trey. You got to, you got to understand. You're like a big black bull in the china closet, brother. The white people are man. after him, and he's hiding out, dude. Exactly. I'm ducking and dodging. Look at me, looking at me not green. Hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> Talk to my mom. Hello? Yep. Is we talking about Big Mama? <laughs> nah, little mama. You got Big Mama and little mama. Oh, okay. See, look at it. Look at it. I want to follow me. Damn. Y'all know this shit. All right. Man, I, 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 hope, I hope that ain't Martin Lawrence and Drag over there, man. I hope that's really your mama. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hey, hey, tell Gully that was Tyler Perry who cut his phone call off talking about Tyler Perry. <laughs> you know that man on half of TBS? You know what that damn man got? That's why he they run his the, shows all damn night. He was he was the most. I mean, I don't know how to phrase this. He made the most money of any entertainer in any art form last year. Can wow. you believe that shit? That's crazy. Exactly. They're talking shit about the man. That's why he cut his damn phone off. Well, you know, why owns AT and T and clip. Other than Medea, he really don't have much to show for it. I'm sorry. It, just, you know, it is what it is. You know. <laughs> Oh man, but uh, damn, what I was going to say, I was just sitting back wondering. It was amazing how 
I guess the WWE, they'll go out their way to prove the IOC wrong. Do you remember last year when Daniel Bryan won Money in the Bank? We was all in agreement that, you know, he was going to be the first guy not to successfully cash it in because we were like, it got to stop somewhere. So we was like, oh, it's going to be with Daniel Bryan. But he cashed in and won it. And then we were like, oh, man, no way in hell he's going to defend his title at WrestleMania. But slowly but surely, he never won the top heels in the country. He's going to be defending the title at WrestleMania. So, man. Well, you know, back when all these predictions were made in our defense, um, he has become a a completely different person than he was when he won that belt. Um, they've done a complete 180 character revamp to to the guy. So, um, not making any excuses, but they had to do something to make him relevant as a champion. Usually, you're relevant when you become the champion. They had to make him relevant after he became the champion, and. Uh, if they had the foresight going in to do this, then my hat's off to him. I think it fell into their lap after he became the champion. But either way, um, it's it's been a storyline and a character change that's going to lead him to WrestleMania. Yep, true that. You know, and, and I really thought that they, they could have went a different way with this whole Money in the Bank thing. When Teddy Long kind of refused his Money in the Bank win over, over Mark Henry, I mean, they could have just as easily said, all right, you cashed in, player, but... You broke the rules. You've lost your. Uh, you've lost it. You know. Lost your right. You know, and he could have been the first guy to uh, to successfully cash it in and, and lose, um, which would have been interesting. But it would, we wouldn't have the storyline in place that we do now. So I mean, uh, I like the Daniel Bryan character that they've got. I think he's a great cowardly heel, and I, I'm really looking forward to the match he and Sheamus are going to have at Mania. I don't like the pairing of him and AJ. I do. I I actually think AJ adds a dimension to his character. I just well, I don't know. I just don't see the two of them together for some reason. I don't know why. Well, I think I like what they're doing. I think now they're really gonna take up his heel persona by having him be an asshole to AJ. Do you see him going that going that direction and taking on to that direction? Yeah, I, I do actually. So do you think the chance he's gonna come out of WrestleMania with the belt and they're just gonna keep on his heel momentum? Who's he fighting? Sheamus? No, I think Sheamus yeah. wins. Sheamus gets his WrestleMania moment. He main events. Uh, you know, he wins the World Heavyweight Championship. I think that's the plan. Um, as far as Punk and Jericho, I, I really... I don't know. <laughs> to, to me, I mean, I really don't know where you go from here unless... i, I got to be real honest. I, I almost think that they're going to put the belt on Jericho. Because I think they have to to make all this make any sense. Why bring him back if you weren't going to do it? Yeah, I mean, they should have taken it off of Punk already and put it on Jericho and had Punk win at Mania, but I, I don't know. I mean, I that one I'm I'm really like, uh, I don't know. As far as Sheamus and, and, and Daniel Bryan's concerned, they're the feel-good story of the year. You know, they're the anti-Miz unless J.J.'s theory comes true, but, you know, the Miz went from main eventing and winning at WrestleMania to – still not being on the card. Well, this was a match between Sheamus and Daniel Bryan that was supposed to be on the card that ended up getting scratched the day of WrestleMania. And now here they are going for the, for the title. So, in a match that could very well steal the show, be show or match the night. Absolutely. Anything else, Mike, before we let you go? Oh, you know, and, uh, my man Don Bronx, when he was doing the Raw review, you know, you know, The Rock said the Mama jokes. Mama jokes are everything, but he forgot... The most important part, man, when Cena brought the fact when Rock had the breast reduction, man, that was hitting below the belt. I'm sorry. 
yeah. when he was building the rap. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. When when he said that, I thought, man, he is really reaching yeah. for things to do here. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean that, that shit right there. Like, oh fuck, he went there. Yeah. <laughs> I, did I miss something? Did The Rock have a problem with his breasts or something? Do you remember? Do you remember back in '99 when The Rock was wearing the damn uh, black pajama outfit he'd wrestle in when he's facing mankind? Yeah. Well, during that time, he was having surgery on his uh, on his uh, his boobies, for lack of a better word, as John Cena called them. He was having his pecs worked on, and he was having surgery because if you go back and and look at early Rock stuff, he he pretty much had some you know pretty. Uh, Obviously, it's from steroids, mind you, but, I mean, he, he had uh, what looked like male breasts. And so they went in and kind of did some work. If you if you look after he stopped wearing the pajamas, his pec area was a lot more defined. It was a lot smaller, and it was because he had some cosmetic surgery on his pecs. And that's what John Cena was uh, was insinuating, basically. <laughs> that a boy, John. So. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, man, great job on the interview with Stone Cold. And, man, you know, the reason why wrestlers, they love to talk to y'all, and they go past the interview all the minutes because y'all just sit up and talk wrestling. You know, y'all don't kiss their ass like, you know, like other interviews do. Y'all don't kiss their ass. Y'all just sit up and talk wrestling. Y'all know y'all shit, and that makes me feel comfortable. Just like with Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels. It's like y'all can just sit up there and talk shit for their career 20 years past or what happened last week, and, you know, that makes me feel comfortable, you know, so. That's why they feel comfortable with you guys. Y'all ain't no marks or nothing. Uh, like I say, it's not a third of any ass kiss. Y'all just sit. Y'all like y'all just sitting down there at the bar, just having a couple of beers and just talking to them. And that, you know, that makes the wrestlers feel real relaxed, man. Well, we we definitely have an unconventional style. That's for sure. <laughs> well, definitely. Uh, all right, fellas, I'm finna. Uh, uh, they here they come looking for me again, so I'm finna run around to the other side of the hospital yeah. and. I'll make it in the front door. Go save hey, some save, white people for Go save us. a white man. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to make all the white people look at House of Pain. That'll show their ass. <laughs> no, we, we nah. said, no, Mike, don't do that. We said save white people. Don't kill them. Yeah. Damn. All right, man. Damn. See if you can find some Honeymooners episode. And I ain't talking about fucking Bernie Mac and Cedric the Entertainer. <laughs> talking about some Jackie Gleason and Art Carney. Uh, you don't want you don't nah, want to fuck the old people up, man. Actually, I gotta admit that was a terrible fucking movie, which uh, I hated that shit. <laughs> I mean, not not to be racist, but I was a little mad when they redid the honeymooners. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? That'd be like that'd be like redoing Archie Bunker and making him a black man. That'd be like redoing the Flintstones and making Fred Flintstone a black man. Yes. Oh, JJ, please solve something for me, cause cause me me and this guy we get dark. Okay, Greenland. Was the Green Lantern originally white or black? Because I was on the Super Friends when I, like, when I was small. Green Lantern was black, wasn't um, No, the original Green Lantern, uh, there was Guy Gardner and there was Hal Jordan, and both of those guys were white. Now, recently there has been a Green Lantern, and I can't think of his name. It was like John Stewart, I think. was, uh, and not, I'm not talking about John Stewart from like The Daily Show. I'm talking about the guy's name was John Stewart, and he was the mm-hmm. black Green Lantern. Um, but he kind of took the place of Hal Jordan or whoever else was Green Lantern before him. So, as far as I know, that's correct. I mean, I'm not completely up to date with my uh, my Green Lantern mythos because I was never a fan of that particular superhero. Now, you, you get me talking about Batman and Superman, that's a completely different thing. The only two superheroes ever in the history of DC that I liked, I'm a Marvel guy. And uh, I could tell you pretty much anything you want to know about Marvel characters, but... 
Uh, Green Lantern, oh, no. I don't know a lot about. I saw the movie. It wasn't that bad, but it was centered around Hal Jordan. But the, the guy you're thinking of is Jon Stewart. Okay, so basically okay. all you got is the Black Panther. You got... The new, the, the new Green Lantern, and the fucked up version of Billy D. Williams as as uh, Two Face. Well, and you what got about Cage. Kingpin? Oh well, yeah, and you got the Kingpin. Well, he used to be white. He was white. Wilson oh, Fisk was a white. white too? Yes, the Kingpin yeah. was a white guy. Yes, he was. Big, big, sloppy, fat white man. But uh, you know, when Daredevil was made, and they cast Michael Clark Duncan, everything that came out after that, Spider Man, any cartoon series. They cast him as a black man. Same thing with with uh, with Nick Fury. My dad, growing up, used to collect the comic book, uh, you know, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos, and Nick Fury was a white man. And then with all gray of a sudden, hair on the sides. yeah, all of a sudden they decided, fuck, they did a movie years ago where fucking David Hasselhoff played Nick fucking Fury with his goddamn eye patch and fucking gray shit on the fucking side of his head. Now Nick, now now that tells you how white Nick Fury was. Yeah, you know, and then of course. I like Samuel L. Jackson, so I, I've kind of accepted the fact that he's Nick Fury. But when I told my dad about that, he was like, I used to collect that comic book. He was a white man. You know, oh, what, what's you up got, with the got, racial you changes? Got, you got Bishop. I forgot about Bishop. Well, you got Bishop from the X-Men. You've got, uh, you've got Luke Cage. Oh, oh, are you serious? Black Vulcan from the Super Friends. You remember him? They say turn yeah. to lightning or some shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, black great. The the, the token black, the token superhero. The DDL black oh shit. <sighs> Just be glad, you know, if they'd have made Aquaman black, there'd have been a riot. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not forget Blade, you know, the half vampire. He's a superhero. Yeah, oh, no. Oh yeah, no, 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 Spawn. Yeah, Spawn. One now, one Spawn black, or he was just Martin. He was in, white. In man. the movie, in the movie, he was black. Well, no, in the oh, comic what? book, he was black too. Al Simmons was a black man. Damn. Damn. So, so Spawn. Okay, so Spawn was black in the comic books. Yes, he was. I, I actually oh. somewhere, somewhere, in this house, I have Spawn number one, somewhere. In this house. Okay. And I remember okay. collecting that. I, I I used to read Spawn. I used to collect the fucking figures, man. I love Spawn. But, yes, Steel, he, okay. he was a black man. His best friend, Terry Fitzgerald, I think, was a white guy. But Still, he's got Steel, the black Superman. Oh, yeah. Shaq even played Steel him in a movie. And, and Blade was re a real comic book, so Blade was black, too, right? Yep. Okay, well, I... Well, we got Spawn and Blade, and I'll I, I, I be happy with that. They, they're okay. They're All right. Okay. All right, so Phil, I'm glad we took this history in black comic book superheroes. This week in black comic book history. <laughs> Sponsored by Tyler Perry and TBS, House of Pain. You know Goodbye, what? It, it should be a new feature we do on WNL. The sad thing is it'll be over in like two weeks. I was going to say yeah. thanks for calling Unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. We'll talk to you later, brother. All right, Phil. Take it easy, man. All right, man. Oh, fuck. Bronx is right. We forgot about War Machine. We totally forgot about War Machine. You know who War Machine is, right, Trey? Yeah, he's the Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. What you call it? He's yeah. he's James Rhodes, Rhodey from Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go back to the phone lines, and we're gonna wrap up with. Oh, Maze has a good one, Blank Man. Well, Blank Man, he, he's not a comic book, I don't think. He was just a. Ooh, and Panthro from Thundercats. Well, he wasn't black. He was a fucking cat. He was blue. He was black. Well, he might have been and voiced by a black man, but he was motherfucking blue. Everybody knows that when Panthero walked into a diner, he was going to be getting the chicken. Wow. 
Anyway, let's go back to the phone lines right here on Wrestling News Live. And uh, I believe we have on the phone my co-host on Friday nights for the new Unplugged. My partner in crime, if you will. The phenom, Charles Shane. What's going on, dude? Hey, what's going on, guys? How was Raw tonight? You were there live. Uh, I heard from a few friends uh, that were at home watching it. Uh, but they're live, man. The crowd was off the freaking charts. So people told me that, but what's that? I didn't have any problems with the crowd tonight. Yeah, a few people told me that were at home saying that the freaking crowd was nuts. But there, I mean, if anybody said it wasn't, I'd be surprised because it was just freaking off the charts loud. Like there's pretty much almost every time that someone was doing a promo, I couldn't hear a freaking word they were saying half the time because it was so freaking loud in there. Like Vicky Guerrero, when she came out, her boos were so loud, I didn't hear one bit of her promo. Wow. Like, not even one word. I don't even know what she said. I only thing I got out of her promo was Dolph Ziggler, and then his music hit. JJ can tell you what she said. JJ, go ahead. What, Vicky Guerrero? Yeah. Yeah, I believe, uh, what was it, Biff Swagger made the promo, uh, why don't you make like a tree <laughs> and get out of here, and then Ziggler slapped him upside the head and said, it's tree, you idiot. Make like a make make like a tree and leave, you idiot. And then Vicky Rego said, "Excuse me, excuse <laughs> me." Pretty sure that's how it went down. Yeah, on the way home, uh, I was listening to your guy. I've been listening to your guys' shows pretty much since the beginning. I'm listening on the way home, and I heard you say that, so I figured if I got home in time, I'd call in. Okay. No, you know what? I enjoyed the rock concert. I mean, the scene of rap wasn't that spectacular to me but then again they gave the guy two minutes i mean what, what can you expect with a guy to do two minutes you know it wasn't his week to win it wasn't his week to win that is correct yeah i will say the it was insane when the rock was out there the only thing is though is people actually quieted down when he was doing his stuff and then freaking went ape shit when it was time to now did, did did my ears deceive me or were the crowd actually booing john cena when he came out uh, all night long before the show started, it was the typical "Let's go, Cena." Cena sucks with uh, the adults saying he sucks and the kids saying, "You know, let's go, Cena." But yeah, he got freaking tore apart when he came out. Once that even the old school music hit, dude, he got freaking raped. See, I figured when the old school music hit, people would have would have like popped. But no. I could, I, I knew listening to it that I knew I heard more booze than anything else. Oh yeah, he he got freaking tore up for sure. <laughs> I couldn't even hear the freaking cheers because the boos were so loud wow now how was the ovation for the miz in cleveland tonight uh the ovation for the miz again went once he once he said cleveland ohio i'm thinking to myself wow usually when they don't emphasize cleveland ohio that much when he was a heel are they possibly going face with miz here soon because yeah the crowd went absolutely nuts well, like I said, that's my theory. I think he's about to turn face. He's about to be Teddy Long's newest member of the team. That's what I was thinking, too, when uh, they had the guy from Psych freaking announce him the way they did because they hardly ever emphasize Ohio for the Miz when he's in his hometown. Just like Dolph Ziggler, you know, they don't make a big deal about Dolph just like they did not tonight. And they did it tonight for the Miz for the first time. So there's a chance that, yeah, he's probably going to be Teddy Long's guy, especially the way the things with Laurinaitis went in his mm-hmm. office and he lost his match tonight. I tell you what, man, James Roday was, was the sh- absolute shits tonight. I was That ring announcing was probably the worst I've ever seen in my life. Now, granted, he wanted to fink it up. Well, he fucked it up. He didn't fink it up. He fucked it up. 
I see someone in the chat room, Ashley or something. I think it's Ashley asking if they booed after his rap. There were some good reactions to the jokes he made. Uh, people were cheering some of that stuff and laughing along or whatever. But when he went up on the ramp and posed, he got some boo. He got some cheers and some boos. But even when the cheers were coming through, it was more boos than cheers. But when he first came out, yeah, when his music hit, that you couldn't even hear cheers. There's so many people booing, it's just you couldn't even hear anything else. So you think you're untouchable. So sad. Also, something that uh, happened after Raw went off the air, they did. Rock hung out in the ring for a little bit. He uh, messed around with people in the crowd and stuff like that. And actually, some girl in the crowd, he says, I can't help to notice uh, this sign. I noticed it during the uh, concert, and I didn't want to point it out then, but I'll point it out now. Some girl that had a happy birthday sign. So the Rock actually said to her, would you like me to sing you happy birthday or sing happy birthday to you? And she, of course, saying yes, you know. She's like six rows back behind Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler. And so he's like, all right, so what's your name? And It doesn't matter what your name is. What's funny is she was about to say her name or yell her name to him, I guess. And he went into it doesn't matter what your name, but he cut himself off. He goes, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What's your name? But it was freaking hilarious. Uh, he actually did get around to singing happy birthday to her and got the crowd to join in and do it along. And then after he left, they did a dark match of Kane versus John Cena, which Kane lost. Of course. And then John Cena, after that match, got on the mic, cut a promo, talked a little bit about his rap and talked about John Cena's thing. and Not really too much, but kind of like trying to roll it over and that, you know, I, he had to get edgy or something like that and everything else. Kind of like almost almost apologizing that he had to get edgy like that because of the whole PG era without actually mentioning, you know, that's what he was doing. But he did that, and then actually, you, you guys seen the part of Raw where he, uh, where they showed Machine Gun Kelly and Invincible and stuff like that, right? Right. Right. Well, he invited Machine Gun Kelly in the ring because Machine Gun Kelly is from Cleveland and said that, I think we should take Cleveland and have them represent in Miami. So they're going to have Machine Gun Kelly play John Cena to the ring live at WrestleMania 28. Of course. Why not? You know, like here's the thing. I, I, I'm almost embarrassed that he had to go out there and apologize because he had to get edgy. I mean, okay, are we PG or are we not PG? And, and this whole feud, Yeah, I'm looking forward to the match. But this whole feud is based on the fact, I mean, we all know who started this thing. The Rock was away in Hollywood making movies, making money. He retired from pro wrestling. And who was the guy that's been running his mouth for years? Oh, well, The Rock took his ball and ran home and blah, 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 blah. And he sold out on all his wrestling fans. And all I ever get when I make a movie is that I'm going to do the same thing. Well, First of all, you're not making major motion pictures like The Rock. Yeah, when you're you make doing... B-roll movies, dude. <laughs> exactly. You're making WWE films. Big fucking whoop-de-doo. You know, The Rock's done everything there is to do in this business. What is there for him to do? You know, like, he's John, done his John time. Cena. <laughs> you know, he's done his time. He helped save this company from going bankrupt in the Attitude Era. Him and Stone Cold Steve Austin were the two bankable stars that kept this company going. You know, John Cena's never had anything like that that he's ever had to contend with because the whole John Cena era, they had no competition. Yeah. 
You know, he's the guy that's been out there talking shit about The Rock. Whoa, whoa, he's too scared to come and face me. Oh, The Rock's a sellout. The whole feud is based on the fact that John Cena's butthurt that he can't make the money and he can't do the things that The Rock does. That's what kills me. And he looks weak every fucking week. He comes out and fucking trashes him for not showing up or bringing it via fucking Twitter or bringing it via satellite. I just, I, I'm so ready for them to have the match and for this whole fucking thing to be over. It's just dragging. You know, it's because we've had it hammered down our fucking throats for a year. I agree. <coughs> you know, had they had they started this shit out, had they started this out at say Survivor Series, and then culminated from Survivor Series to now, wouldn't be such a big deal. But we've had this fucking hammered in our heads for a fucking year now, and John Cena brings up the same shit week in and week out. And he still I just sounds hope at like WrestleMania. A bitch. We don't see freaking Super Cena. I, I just don't think Rock will let that happen. No. That that would just be retarded. I you know, no, you know I, I think the Rock's gonna bring out some good shit out of Cena, I think. You know what I expect to happen in the match? I expect multiple kickouts to finishers. I expect Cena oh, yeah. to get hit with a rock bottom and get up. I expect John Cena to actually apply the rock bottom and the rock to get up. I expect him to go for the five knuckle shuffle and the rock get up. I expect to see the people's elbow and John Cena get up. I think that's exactly what you're gonna see. Well, if, if the Rock, especially if they're going with the thing that a lot of people think they're doing with the Rock losing, to do the whole you know Rock Hogan thing, there's no way that Rock is going to lose and not kick out of like freaking five finishers. Looking in the chat room, and who is it that says this? JJ Rants on Cena Part Fifty Eight. Laugh out loud. Yes, Maze, I am. If John Cena come out week in and week out and do the same fucking promo every week, I have every right to fucking rant. But he didn't do it this week. He was rapping this week. Well, pretty much. About the Rock's boobies and his nuts. <laughs> About putting his nuts in his face. Suck on oh, these man. nuts. Yes. Yeah, but it, it wasn't. It was okay because he actually had a pack of nuts out. So. Yeah, it was he these nuts. About those nuts, not his. That's right. These nuts. That's right. Let's get it straight. I'll well, tell you what, man. On like a little side note, they they emphasized a lot that you know it was a record-breaking crowd in Cleveland tonight. And that made me think. It's like, well, over the past years here, I've been to pretty much every time they brought Raw over the past two to three, four years, I've won it every time they brought Raw. And I'm thinking to myself, so if this is a record-breaking crowd, it's been that long since they've sold out Cleveland? And it's like, I mean, that just made me think. It's been that long since they sold out Cleveland. And they mentioned it so many times. Like, even after Rock and Kane had their dark match, uh, Cena, or not Rock and Kane, Cena and Kane had their dark match. Cena got on the mic, and he was getting booed out of the freaking building even when they weren't on the air. And you know, you he know said, arena, it's better to be booed out of the arena by 19,000 plus or something like that. And they emphasized that record-breaking a lot. And they announced right in the middle of the Raw show that a special for the people that were there that night, if you walked out to the ticket office on your way out, you could buy tickets for the upcoming November SmackDown before anybody else. So they're already selling tickets to the next event before you even left that event. Wow. That's just good marketing. But you know you know why they're sold out now? Well, yeah. I mean, because look at the studded show they had tonight. Well, that, but they inducted Drew Carey into the Hall of Fame. Well, that could be too, yeah. And so Cleveland said, well, fuck it, let's go. I will say, though, I mean, Cleveland's uh, always been a... 
not just because I'm from here, but it's always been a hot town for WWE. They've always done some pretty awesome stuff every time they've come here. So right, right. I mean, the main thing that always stuck out in my mind is when Undertaker and Kane and Paul Bear and everything was involved there doing their whole comeback. Undertaker actually came back in Cleveland, and but and Lightning Volted busted out of the casket and stuff. So right, I don't know, they've always had a good crowd and always had a good show for us here. So cool. Well, Charles, before we let you go, I know that we've got. Uh, Got a big show planned this Friday night for Unplugged. We're going to be uh, obviously talking about the latest happenings on SmackDown. We're going to have a brand new news source on the program that's going to be uh, debuting on the show. We're going to have um, someone from that site come in and do the news of the week. We've got, I believe, on the horizon, Sean Beckerman is going to have a pre-recorded uh, this week in wrestling history that we're going to throw out on the crowd. And when we get into the gaming segment and, and the entertainment segment, we're going to be talking about The Walking Dead. If you missed last night's Holy awesome shit. episode of The Walking Dead, I, I am say, as I told you so. I am so upset right now with. with the, I love it. I, I, I love I, it. I was very I depressed really. last night, you know, and and like I said, I'm I've dedicating. Been JJ and everybody, it's going to happen before the season's over. There's only three episodes left. Well, not one, but it's going to happen. And they took it right out of the comic book, and it happened before the last episode. I, I, well, it's I'm, almost I'm, like it's almost like, you know, a lot of people I talked to, they were like, I can't believe that, you know, he was uh, he was going to kill Rick. I don't think he ever intended to kill Rick. Oh, he did. He no, did. I don't think he did. He, I, I, think I, know he wanted, Rick, I think I know where Craig's going with this. I think he wanted Rick to kill him. Yep. See, I, I heard that from quite a few people this past week, and... Or these past couple I mean, he days, he said, "You're, a, I'm a better father than you. I'm a better lover than you. Oh, if you're out there in the field, and you're surrounded by potential walkers, and you want to get back to the fucking camp, and you're out there to kill a motherfucker, you're not gonna sit out there and fucking cut a promo. Shoot the motherfucker. Well, I'm he telling had the you, gun. He had it pointed at Rick. All he had to do was pull the fucking trigger, and he didn't do it. And he put it down and told Rick to pull his gun." Well, here's the thing. I think that after Lori went and talked to Shane, I think that he misunderstood her intentions. I think I think, her, I think he's just crazy. Well, I he obviously oh, he's for sure crazy after that stuff of headbutting trees and crap. Well, yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, he wanted to make it look like the guy jumped him. You know. Yeah, but still, you're well, crazy. You're a crazy had, person. You headbutt a freaking tree. Yeah, but he had to get he had to get Rick out into the woods. Exactly. You know, and I seriously think. He wanted Rick to kill him. I really do think that's the, the yeah. direction that, I heard that, that they're going to go. I heard that from quite a few people that I was watching the show with that they think that he wanted Rick to kill him. And then you got the people that say, man, that's just freaking messed up, though, man. He could have just shot him and instead of stabbing him and letting him suffer. It's like, no, because then he has 5,000 walkers on him, which we all know happened anyways because Carl shot his freaking gun. Exactly. But you know, did I, you see the did you see the scene from next week yet? Yeah, I have. Oh, my gosh, dude. Here, now, get, here's this. Okay. They showed... That scene, before they showed it during the Comic Book Men episode, they showed it on the uh, website. You could see it right after the episode was over. And even on TV, they put the warning that due to the graphic nature, they can only show so many seconds of this scene, and pretty much you're going to see the rest on the show, and that's the only place you're ever going to see it. And I said to my buddy, I said, dude, could you imagine that this episode is going to be, because all them freaking zombies is going to be so freaking brutal. And one of the things I always thought was, I think at least one human is going to die these last three episodes. We got one. Now we got two this episode. 
And I think we're at least going to get one more of this final episode. And I think what's going to be so graphic is I think they're going to freaking rip her open and zombies are going to freaking eat her fetus. Now, how freaking jacked up would that be? So you're telling me that in next week's episode, Lori dies? Yes, I think Lori dies. I think it's going to be Andrea because I can't stand that bitch. (laughs) Well, don't get me wrong. I want her going. Horseman and I were talking about this and his brother had started talking to him about, you know, the, the the night that Dale, the week that Dale died, they were talking about uh, the chick, the short-haired chick that lost the daughter. Oh, yeah. The bull dyke, Carol? I can't stand her. <laughs> Carol. They were talking about how she's worthless now. She has no reason to be there, that it was time to spice things up and kill one of the cast members. Well, they were right. They did that. Only they killed they killed Dale. Um, but now that Dale's gone and Shane's gone, if you're telling me they're going to kill one more on the finale, it's got to be her. She's useless. Well, no, she's not useless because they're probably going to have some big drawn out love scene between her and fucking Daryl where he pulls off her big ass granny panties. No, no, Daryl ain't <laughs> fucking that skanky bitch. Oh, he fucking is. Me and Harmony both think that's the direction they're headed. See, that's no. the thing with that whole thing of like when you look at the look at the la- like the things that have been happening with them, and not look at the last episode especially when they're all standing around or whatever. And Daryl from behind is staring at her. They Just killed like Daryl. This- I'm gonna be a mad motherfucker. They're not oh, killing Daryl. They killed Daryl. I'm gonna be so freaking ticked off because from minute one of seeing his character come on the show, that was one of the main reasons. Truthfully, they got me into The Walking Dead. Other I mean, than a lot of the other awesome if you stuff. Know, if you ever want to know what would Trey be like in a zombie apocalypse, I'd be just like Daryl. And I'd be just like Shane, man. I, I, I've already said that. I'd fucking cap a bitch in the fucking knee and leave him for dead if I had to get back to the camp. So You're damn right. It's like when that lion was chasing those two guys in the forest. And that one guy said, you know, I don't have to outrun the lion. He said, what do you mean? He goes, I got to just outrun you. That's right. That's that's what I said to JJ on freaking Unplugged. I said it's the same thing as with you get in trouble with some friends and you got to run from the cops. You don't have to run faster than the cops. You got to run faster than one of your friends. Yeah, no yeah, doubt about I that. I just I I I think that I'll put it to you this way, and I hate to do this, especially because it's Charles' prediction, but I will tell you this: I did, and you 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 can blame me for being stupid to begin with. <laughs> Because I did not know when I watched the first two or three episodes of this show. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't come into The Walking Dead until episode four of season one. Okay. And I watched four, five, and six, and then went back and watched one, two, and three on one of their marathons. Um, So, again, you can blame me for being stupid on this because... I went and did some research. I didn't realize that this whole TV series was based on a comic book. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't. That's how I, didn't I didn't know I had that. Spoiled for me. That's how I had Shane spoiled for me because one of my buddies that reads all the comic books he spoiled that for me. I was like, "You freaking idiot!" And I went and read Wikipedia <laughs> to find out because again, I came in on episode four. I wanted to know where these fucking walkers came from and how they came to be. But they don't tell you, and they don't even show you. In episode one, Rick wakes up in the hospital, and they're just there. So we don't have any reason to know why they're there. But I was reading that and going, yeah, that happened. Yep, that happened. Yeah, he met the black kid and the son. 
you know, when he got out of the hospital, yeah, he met up with the group, blah, 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 blah. Well, I read a little too far. And I do know... Oh, what's her fucking name? Spoiler um, alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, no, I don't even know if I want to hear this. Well, you've already called it. Oh, all right. I'm the man. I, I do know that she dies somewhere before the, the whole thing's over with. Now, I will say... I just, and I found that out. out a lot. Like I found that books. out. I found out that she was going to die... And that I found out she was going to die right before I watched the episode where she found out she was pregnant. So I just assumed that it was going to be something due to the childbirth that killed her. But I yeah. don't know. Like, I know they do draw things out a lot more because when I found when I was told that Shane died and he was supposed to die way before they even got to the farm. Shane was? Yeah, he, he in the comic books, he died way before they even got to the farm, supposedly. So they do oh, draw they things will... out a lot longer on the show. Well, then that means there was no rift between um, Shane and the farm owner. Right. But, I mean, it's like Charles and I talk about this all the time. It was like when uh, when Michael Crichton wrote Jurassic Park, and then they made it into a movie. The character of Ian Malcolm that was played by uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah was killed in the Jurassic Park book. In the movie, he lived through the first movie and then even came back for the second movie. Right. So I thought maybe with Shane being the, the character that he is and the dynamic he has, you know, butting heads with Rick every week, that they would have kept this going a little longer. Well, uh, see, but that was getting old to me. I was getting I tired you. of that shit. I hear you. I was getting tired of Shane and Rick fighting all the time. Well. You know? Just like we talked about the year the other day, sometimes there's such a thing as too many chiefs and not enough fucking Indians. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, it's called WCW. Yeah, or TNA. You know, but uh, well, that's true. Yeah, you know, we not we, anymore. Not anymore. We are going to be talking uh, a lot of Walking Dead this week on Unplugged, and I'm dedicating the entire episode to the memory of my fallen hero, Shane. Uh, you know. Oh, jeez. He it was, was so he was, nice. He died twice. It, he was the wind <laughs> beneath my wings. So. I got a very special tribute planned out for Shane. Yeah, I can't wait to find out why uh, the like what's the causing the uh, pretty much the whatever it is. The I've heard two theories. One that it's airborne. Of, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, is it like what's causing it to be airborne? I want to know. You have details. to die. You have to die first for it to to turn you. Obviously. Yeah, it's like it's like they all already have it in their system. It just doesn't turn you until you're dead. Yeah. I mean, uh, none of them look good right now. None of them look very fucking healthy. Except for Maggie. I'd fuck the shit out of Maggie. I'm sorry. Um, I really agree. I, I full-fledged think that frickin' Glenn's gay. And you know what? <laughs> when you listen to Maggie talk in real life, she's even hotter because she's got a fucking accent. She's British. Well, you watch, well, she's, well, she's you watch. She was born in America, but, but she's grew British. up. Yeah. She grew up in, like, France or some shit. Well, th did you know that the guy that plays Rick is actually British? You know that almost ruined the show for me. <laughs> I shit you not. I was on I was on AMC, and I was watching um, how they made the scene where Daryl and Rick are digging in the zombie to try to find out if he ate the little girl. Yep. And I never heard Shane. I I never heard Rick talk out of character. He always had that real gruff cowboy yeah. Southern talk, and the director yells cut and he's elbow deep in this greasy 
fucking zombie shit. And he goes, oh, my God, it's so great. And I went, oh, get the fuck out of here. you got to be fucking kidding me. Oh, that's great. That's good stuff. Well, anyway, uh, we're, we're going to be talking more Walking Dead this week on Unplugged, so make and sure Carl's you... Carl's got a fucking gun. Yes, he does. That ain't fucking good for nobody. Well, what the the main like director or whatever that's doing the the TV show, he did a Q and A with somebody, and in this last episode, we're finally gonna find out what Doctor Edwin Jenner, the guy that was in the underground bunker when he died, yeah. yep. Rick was right there by his face. Whatever he whispered, we're gonna find that out. Yes, and I can't wait to find that out. That's the big secret. What do you, what do you think it is? <sighs> Who knows? Uh, he might know why it's airborne and stuff. I think he whispered the name of the place for them to go. Well, if that's the case, why are they still on the farm? Well, because you got a pregnant woman that doesn't need to be traveling. But he didn't know that at the time. Well, at the time, he was just trying to, you know, keep everybody safe. You I know, mean, and they had the lost, they had the little girl that was lost, so they were trying to right. find her. Right, but at the same time, he wanted to stay even after that. But I mean. Anyway, we could talk about this all night long, but we're we're pushing three hours right now, so let's. Yeah, we got here. We'll we'll definitely. And that's the Walking Dead talk, folks. Well, Listen for this go. recording on Unplugged. Yeah, we'll definitely be we'll be rehashing <laughs> what happened this week on on Unplugged. See, so. I'm not on Unplugged, and I don't get to listen to the second half of Unplugged live, so I don't get to chat with you guys about the show. Oh, we'll have to change that. We'll have to. Well, I mean, granted, I think there's only what two episodes left, so. When it One comes of back the next season, time. but I'll guarantee you, AMC doesn't do what they did last time. When they bought that six-episode first season, they thought that it wasn't going to be worth a shit. And granted, there were a lot of networks that passed on this show. Yeah. A lot of networks passed on this show. And then it became the most-watched television show on TV. And AMC was like, oh, shit, we are on a gold mine." Well, by the time they found all that out, it was, you know too late and by the time they ordered another set of episodes for season two it was almost a year and a half right i yeah, bet you they don't make that mistake this time yeah there's this this episode coming up here this is the last one for two yeah. I, bet it, I bet it's not a year and a half before season three. Uh, so i freaking hope not man well let's hope not but anyway again we will talk about this on friday's unplugged i do got two emails we got to get through and then we're going to get out of here charles thanks for calling in buddy i will uh i will catch you on friday my friend JJ's going to be bad that we went so long, and I'm going to blame you for doing that. Not my fault. I was told to call in. That's true. He was. All right. Let's go back to the emails. Talk to you later, Charles. Talk to you later, guys. All right. This next one comes to us from DJ. Um, Just wanted to say that was a fantastic interview you and Trey did with the bionic redneck Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was playing the Simpsons game on Xbox Live and enjoyed the shit out of it. JJ, will you be getting the new Resident Evil game? Trey, will you be watching the new China porno? Um, I can't speak for Trey, but uh, I will be getting the Resident Evil game at some point. I can speak for Trey, and I'm going to say no, but I probably will get the Resident Evil game. I don't really know that I'm going to watch another uh, another China porno, but, um, you know. I think knows? the only reason why I watched the last one was because I could chalk it up to research. All right, let's go ahead and finish it out with uh, our last email of the night. This one comes to us from uh, our raw recapper, Tony Mirabella, Don Bronx. Fuck all the haters on this network. Screw all that don't appreciate. Austin interview ruled. As does Al Bundy. Tonight was great fun. Breaks arm, patting everyone on back. Fuck the world. SNS for life. Bronx father. Short but sweet, and I like it. You can dance to it. It's got a beat to it. (laughs) 
Harmony just sent me a message. She says, we should do a live special after Walking Dead on Sunday. <laughs> we would do it. I, 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 I would love it. They, I've, I've been the last four or five episodes of this year. I've been watching that Talking Dead. I, I love that show. But now I think that's a great concept, but I think the host sucks, and I think the format sucks. Well, and, and here's the thing. We could do that, but isn't there a TNA pay-per-view this weekend? Yeah. So we can't do it anyway, because you guys are hosting that. Unless you just don't want to do it, and you'd rather talk Walking Dead, in which case I would do a show. I think we could do a Talking Dead special. We could, and it could be me, you, and Charles, and Harmony, and Harmony. who else? I mean, we could have fun with that. Maybe that's something we should look at in the future. Maybe, maybe well, not this season, but next season. the problem for me is I don't have cable. Okay. So I watch it. I watch it on the internet now. Usually I get to watch it Sunday night, but it's, it's when, whenever they get it uploaded. Right, right. No, I, that's cool. We could we could see about doing something like that in the future. It'd be kind of fun. But uh, I, I do have a song of the night pick. Well, I would say it's a song of the night. It's not really a song of the night, but I do have a closing uh, excerpt that we're going to play here. You know, in uh, basically based on the fact that we had Stone Cold Steve Austin on the program tonight. That's something I want to play that uh, that he put together. And with that being said, uh, I want to thank everyone who tuned in, whether you're a new listener, whether you've been a, a long-time listener of this program. Thank you for showing up tonight. Thanks for uh, you know giving us your time and listening to a fantastic interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did. So with that said, on behalf of, uh, of myself, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all cap sexy, um, I had a blast. Trey, any final words? Uh, yeah, I just had a great night and uh, chalk another one up to the bucket list and we'll keep doing this as long as y'all keep listening and I really like this Walking Dead idea. I, I would like to investigate further on a night where we can do this. Not now. Of course, we'll have to wait till season three. But uh, like a Tuesday night in the middle, like early, early, like seven or eight o'clock for an hour would be fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll check into that. I think it'd be fun. But uh, Cash in on what's hot, baby. Yeah. With that said, I think it's time to get out of here. Let's kick it over to JSK and our song of the night. So we will see you guys next week right here. Same bat time, same bat channel for Wrestling News Live exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. Don't forget, Wednesday night, the Pro Wrestling Rewind with the Power Andy Knowles. Friday, I'm back with Charles Shane for Unplugged. We're going to be talking Walking Dead, so you got to tune in for that. And don't forget all the podcasts here available for you to download on the archive, the Elite Force Podcast, two episodes per week, the midweek with Chuck W., the weekend edition, of course, with Mindwipe, and William Walkie Walker. And don't forget Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman and, of course, Y as well. Running the ropes with Crelly and Maverick as well. Network is growing, so keep now, listening. Man, we got a lot of shows. We do, we do, and there's probably more to come. But we are out of here. JSK, take us out of here, my friend. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, Peach 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out. All right, this is a little Queen. You remember the old rock band Queen? This thing, you'll really like this. This is a little more current. I rewrote some of the words. <laughs> I am the champion, my friend. And I'll go I am the champion, I am the champion, no time for losers, cause I am, 
exclusive to the SNS Radio Network. 